Here we go. <laughs> the Joe Rogan experience. I like that chick. I miss her. Wow, that's the worst one ever. Congratulations. I didn't think you could fuck it up any more than that. I mean, it started off bad. The middle was bad. There was fucking two of them playing at the same time. And it ended abruptly. Everything was wrong. Congratulations. If you did that in a movie, if we could plan out the worst intro music for a podcast in a movie, you'd fucking... It sounded like you just took a random part out of like a Primus. It sounded like a snippet from a Primus song where it would have made sense in the whole picture, but just the... The clip, you were like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's a kind of funny story that wound up getting resolved, but uh, Jamie called me the other day to tell me that one of my uh, videos got taken down from the internet because someone used my words, like my voice, in a song, and then copywrote it. Really? So, yeah, they copywrote my voice. So when my voice, the original version of that, was online, they put a copyright hit against me for my own <laughs> voice. Christ. That is unbelievable. It was so hilarious. I mean, it got resolved, like, when I started tweeting about it. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, this... I don't know the details. I don't know what the dude was thinking, how he thought he could copyright my own voice what in his song. What was the song? song. It's not, I don't know. I didn't even listen to the song. I, I, I heard the beginning of it where it sounds... You know, you... It, there's a video that this guy um, did uh, called um, American... What is it called? The American War Machine? American War Machine. Paradigm shift on YouTube. Really cool guy. Met him in Vancouver. Very nice guy. Very talented guy too. Did this video. It's really cool. It's it's combining a bunch of rants with all this video of war stuff and okay. you know, stuff about U.S. history and how crazy the military industrial complex is. And the beginning of it is this this rant that this guy took and put on his song. Okay. Then he copy wrote it. <laughs> like he didn't That's even change the fucking music that my friend Tosh had put on the thing. He didn't even change it. He just took that chunk, put it in his song, and then said, this is mine. It's like the shittiest version of buying a domain name <laughs> to resell it. Yeah, I like own Pepsi, your domain name. Like yeah. Pepsi Spice. <laughs> oh. Brian owned PepsiSpice.com. Do you remember when Pepsi Spice came out? It was one of his best pranks I ever. swear to God, I thought it was one of the Spice Girls when you said that. I didn't... <laughs> No. What the fuck is Pepsi Spice? <laughs> Pepsi Spice was this horrendous idea. It's like someone decided to like, let's make Pepsi, but spicy. Like a spicy <laughs> Pepsi. So It was a Thanksgiving Pepsi. It's for Thanksgiving. So like, is, yeah. is that still up? Is it up anywhere? Can you see your, there, there, all that stuff that you did? Pieces there's God pieces damn, of it. God damn, dude. Yeah. You got to put that up in a blog. I know. You should put put it up in a I blog. And I, we'll... th I think we shot it with a, hard <laughs> with a gun. Oh, did we? When we uh, blew up the hard drives? <laughs> so you... Um, <laughs> so this is what he did Let me, right. I'll, t I'll tell you the whole story okay. He took PepsiSpice.com He bought the domain name Because this is in like What was it like 2000? Oh, it was a long time 10 years ago or something like that It might have been ago? earlier yes. It might have been before Fear Factor I don't think you were working for me man No I was It was right when I moved here Okay yeah. Okay so this is what he did He, he bought PepsiSpice.com <laughs> Before they did And okay. then he started putting up A daily blog about how He's eating nothing but Pepsi Spice <laughs> And his, his health was rapidly deteriorating <laughs> In like these hysterical Cataclysmic ways 
<laughs> it was so funny, man. We were going to it every day, and the Pepsi Spice people were fucking shitting their pants. Like, what is this? And it was before anyone understood the internet. No high-level executives in Pepsi or any of those major corporations, or very few of them, understood the internet. Right. If they did, they would have bought PepsiSpice.com way before they released sure, it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't. So That's he great. puts this fucking blog up about him shitting blood, and he's down to 120 pounds now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What, did, what were the things that you said? Do you remember? I, I remember I had open sores everywhere, and I, I was really good at Photoshop back then. So no one even knew that there was fake Photoshop so as much, you know. So I had like pictures of me with these big bloody things. I was hanging out with Lindsay Lohan, snorting uh, mushrooms. Like it was called Mocaine, where we would like crush up mushrooms and snort. And snort. I love it. So it so ridiculous. Would you would you write the blog like? Like if you were like like the way a stranded island diary would read, like day thirty six. Yeah, I did. I, it was just it was because it was after soup that movie supersized me. So I pretty much just made it like this. Like the seventh day, I I've, I'm starting to cough up a lot of uh, stomach acid and stuff like that. It, and and then it just got worse and worse. And I I think I ended up dying at the end. I never finished it because did they ever buy the domain from you? Uh, no, I I owned it for a while, but then after a while, you have a domain that no one even knows what Pepsi Spice is anymore. But yeah, like here's so they never purchased it from you or told you to take it down. No, because they stopped selling Pepsi Spice. I didn't mean anything. Oh, that's here's here's some of it. That's so loud. I can't read it. It's all it's It's, all blurry on that. It's about doing mocaine, and then I just finished my last two liter. (laughs) (laughs) This guy just get mocaine for health reasons. It was really funny, man. That's really great. It was really funny, man. It was. Oh, I got clogged armpits. That was right. (laughs) I couldn't sweat. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I and love it. It was believable. Like, nothing was too over the top at first. Effort, it yeah. seemed so normal. And then, as his journal got deeper and deeper, it got more and more <laughs> fucked up. Was, I love it. It was really ridiculous. That's incredible. And it was a it was a spicy. It was a holiday spicy, not like a buffalo wings. <laughs> yeah, right. Spicy, yeah. right? It was like a cinnamony kind of a it thing. Was like you had too much ginger. Or uh, something. It was nasty. I hate spiced anything. I think spiced rum is disgusting. Like if I'm drinking with somebody and they're like, "I'll take a Captain and Coke," I'm just like, "Get out of my face! You're a fucking idiot." Well, what's that thing that you you gave me the other day at the Ice House? That super spicy liquor shot that we did. What the hell was that? Oh, f- Fireball. Fireball, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> disgusting. I kind of like it. It's great, and it's great because you know you take one before you hit the road, and it's like you, you it helps your breath and everything. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, think so. <laughs> just keep them in the so. glove compartment before you get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Hold on a second, officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people think that like that stuff makes your breath taste good, but basically anything that's alcohol makes your breath taste like shit. Because yeah. once it goes in your stomach, your stomach is like, "What is this?" And, uh, and that's when the disgusting breath comes up. I don't like any of those. Like, I, here's the weird part: I love Jägermeister. Jägermeister is my really? favorite oh, shot gross. on the planet Earth. Jäger bombs, like the white trash that I truly am. Really, Jäger bombs are my favorite shot on what the planet. Do, what do we have here right now, Jamie? Oh, please don't Jameson. say. F- Let's do some shots. Oh my god, I'm I'm off the booze. Are you totally 100? percent Not forever. I have fatty liver right now, so oh, I had to stop geez. drinking. All right, we won't do shots. God damn it, you guys can do one What's though. Fatty liver? All right, Brian and I will do one shot. Oh, what? No. Yeah, do one. And you want to do one, Jamie? All right, Jamie will do one. I'm going to really guy. regret not doing this with you no, like you in a week when I it. fall off the wagon. Oh, <laughs> I should have just drank with the guys last What's week. What's fatty liver? It means you have fat in your liver. How'd and that happen? 
probably from drinking and eating poorly for all these years. I mean, this is this was my. I'm in the. And I'm not in great shape. I'm. This is the best shape I've ever been in right now. Like what you see. Are you? <laughs> why is you... it funny? Why are you laughing at the man? <laughs> the fuck is making not... progress? And Brian's like, ah, you got no, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, this is this is the best shape I've ever been in, uh, which isn't saying much. But uh, I mean, I, for years, dude, for years, like my lifestyle was get completely shit faced four or five nights a week. Go home, get, and I would do this night after night. Get like a double meat cheesesteak, Doritos, chocolate cake, and a soda, and literally lay in my bed wasted eating it and just pass out. Wow. I would do that night after night after night. I smoked. You know, it was, it was just, I think after a while, you know, I, I dabbled in the drugs here and there, you know. I think after a, a while, bit. just kind of a little bit, little bit, a little bit, <laughs> catches up, uh, man. I'll try some Jameson since it's got a bunch of signatures on it. Who wrote, Who signed on that thing? Oh, it's Kreischer brought it over. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he writes on the bottle so you know his hammer, it's getting you hammered. Um, New York is kind of like that, though, right? New York is a, a place where a lot of people, Ari and I were talking about this last yeah. night, people go out after the shows and they drink. It's fucking greatest. <laughs> I miss it, dude. It was such Do an you? adventure, man. It was such an adventure. I remember having nights in New York where literally at like, you'd do a set, it'd be a Tuesday, and you'd do a set... You'd finish. It'd be like nine thirty. You'd be like, "That's eh, Tuesday. It's there's nothing going on. This is this is done. I'm gonna go home." And then somebody would be like, "Hey, you know though, I heard so and so might be having a little. Th Do you want to just go over real quick and just check out what's happening? You know, across the you know across the way at the such and such bar." And you'd go over, and the next thing you know, dude, it's five a.m. and there's been. You know, blow and whiskey, and you're wasted, and you're fucking a girl, and it's yeah. the greatest, man. Fuck, that sounds good. It's the greatest. You're I like, where did this blow? And I want to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, where did this night come from? It just that never happens in L.A. Oh yes, it does. You need to hang around the comedy store. Are you fucking crazy? When does a wild night happen out here? What? You gotta drive goddamn home every night. You can't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different animal. And the bars close at two. Yeah. You know, it's... It's, a de it's definitely a different animal. But, like, uh, I mean, that was, like, the whole deal about the store was Coke, right? I mean, those the Kinnison days. I talked to Marin again last night because Marin was at uh, Ari's uh, TV show taping. Ari's got a new TV show on Comedy Central called This Is Not Happening. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, Marin did a story last night, and him and I talked again about the Kinnison days, about doing blow with Kinnison to the point where he heard voices in his head for a year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck? That's he was scary. a young kid. He was a young kid hanging out at the store, and he was partying with Kinnison and working at the store, you know? And, and uh, that's the difference between, and I'm not trying to shit on L.A., but that's the difference between L.A. drugs and New York drugs. New York drugs are like Wolf of Wall Street. Hey, it's a fucking party. <laughs> We're at the beach. We're going right. to the Hamptons. Right. We're at a bar. Go home, pass out, get up, hit your job tomorrow. L.A. drugs are, it's like, feels like River Phoenix. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's a darkness. There's yeah. a darkness to it. It's something, there's something like out here that feels much more like stripper, Fucking C.C. DeVille, you know. C.C. <laughs> <C>. DeVille. <laughs> he pulls out a poison reference. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. It's just something, it, it's, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not doing a New York versus L.A. thing, but like. It's different, for sure. New York didn't feel like that. New York just felt way more just like, 
like, hey, in the neighborhood, you right. do it. Hey, fuck it. You know? I never lived in the city, so I didn't get that thing out of New York because when I first moved to New York, I needed a car because I was doing road gigs, and the only right. way I could make a living was to do the road. Like, I couldn't do the whole 15 shows in a night, like do a seven-minute spot here, seven, and then add up the $10 whatever the fuck you would get from each set because mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot like Attell used to do that he would do 10 15 sets a night mm-hmm. all these little seven minute sets yeah and run all over the place and do it and just take cabs and stuff and that was life yeah but i i was getting these road gigs and that was the only way i was paying my money uh paying my uh bills so i lived in new rochelle uh-huh. so for me i didn't do that that whole live in the city take cabs or take the subway everywhere oh, shit. Like, i could totally get that though Oh, dude, it, it was, yeah, it was just, yeah, New York, New York, it, like when you live, because I, I lived all over New York for nine years. I was, I started in Queens, then I was up in Harlem. You then, were in Harlem? Yeah. Did you fuck any black chicks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Not because of Harlem, just talk, because. Talk to daddy. Talk to daddy. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I've banged them all shapes and sizes. Powerful Joe DeRosa. Look at that. Ki- the kid's getting around. <laughs> What's your favorite spot to live? Uh, I had a great time in every place I lived. My least favorite was Queens, not because of Queens, but I had a fun time in Queens. I lived with Jay Okerson out there, and it was fun, but we lived in like a very... He was he was like living with his baby's mother at the time, and they had a kid, and I was living with them, which was fine. It was actually very nice, but we were in a, like a very like sort of neighborhoody right, suburban right, part right, of Queens. Right. There wasn't anything you could like walk to or do. Yeah. So I, that's the only reason I didn't like it. Um, Harlem was fun because it was my first time being on the island, and it was wild. I had these Irish neighbors, and you, you, I mean, any night of the week, you just knock on their door, and it, you know, and it's four a.m. and they're partying. Know. Oh, dude, it was nuts. It How was fucking they? crazy. The Irish Irish And they were crazy. Ireland? They were so crazy. I, Rachel Feinstein, who's one of my close friends and a really funny comic and obviously Jewish, I brought her out one night with one of the Irish guys who used to live next door to her, and I'm like, you're going to love this guy. He's great. He's nuts. And we're hanging out for a while at this bar, and she comes over to me. She's like, okay, I, I'm going to go. <laughs> and I go, why? She's like, your Irish friend is telling me that the, the numbers of the Holocaust were greatly exaggerated. Oh, God. So, <laughs> is he a Irish from Ireland? Is that what oh, you're yeah. No. Okay, so, hi, the fucking Jews is a bunch of lies, a bunch of shite. He wasn't saying it like that. He, was, he wasn't saying it like, like <laughs> you fucking liars. There was some somehow a strange sense of uh, sympathy in his mm. voice, as he was also saying, he thought the numbers were exaggerated. Oh, but, but it was the point is, is that he was just a fucking lunatic. There was no filter on his brain. Right. He wasn't saying it like, "God damn it, I'm sick of hearing about it." It was just shit would just leak out of his mouth. You know, <laughs> he was saying it like, "Have you ever really thought about it? Let's think about it." It's like, uh, no, let's not think about it. Like, let's a, just not talk about it. That's one you can't fuck with. No, some dude sent me this fucking email. Can you refute this video? Which is, whenever someone sends you a YouTube video on anything, you gotta go. Okay, is there is there other shit out there? Are there books? <laughs> <laughs> have scientists look at this? Have scholars studied this? Like you sent me a YouTube video, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. But since I'm not an expert on the Holocaust, I don't know what the fuck exactly. What, yeah. you know, what's wrong in yeah. this video? But it was like they're talking about how different places couldn't be actually used for gas chambers, and it was bullshit. They actually. A guy ruined his career because of this. I watched that documentary. Death. That documentary is amazing. Fantastic documentary. It's called Doctor Death. Yeah. And it's about this guy who was a he was a an engineer for these execution devices. Mm -hmm. 
and these I, I don't know, let's, you know, Holocaust deniers, Holocaust revisionists, whatever you'd yes. want to call them. I mean, I don't think they were denying the Holocaust, but they were saying that it was exaggerated. Yes. And this guy went over there, and because of these people, he gave this really fucked up, inaccurate, unscientific assessment of certain famous sites yeah. where, where fucking hundreds of thousands of people documented were murdered yeah and he was saying that it couldn't have happened and then it just his you know yeah he went to court over that yeah and then he lost his family yeah, it was he, his whole life it was he, it he was devastated that it's was not something it. you can be wrong about no no you don't want to roll the dice on the holocaust but you, you know, know what i mean fucked, man you know what's fucked yeah there's other holocaust that people don't even know about like the armenian genocide Right. Like, I didn't even know about the Armenian genocide. It's a true story until I was in the octagon interviewing Manny Gamburian. And I think you could tell by Manny Gamburian's name, he might be Armenian. <laughs> and Manny's a you know, great MMA fighter. And uh, he's, you know, he's very proud to be from Armenia. And he was talking about the uh, anniversary. It was like he, he won on the anniversary of the Armenian genocide. And he was talking mm. about like, like raising awareness for Armenian genocide. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. And then I looked into it. It's just fucking horrible, horrible yeah. thing. I didn't know about that either. More embarrassing. than a million dead. I mean, it's just a, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible story. Yeah. yeah. I was driving. I live on the east side and I was driving. Th I, I was writing uh, on a TV show for a little while and I was driving to work one morning and I couldn't get to work because of, there was so much traffic and I was just like what the fuck is going on it's it's 9:45 a.m. on Hollywood Boulevard why is this so backed up and then I saw people like walking around with these shirts on that said our wounds are still open whoa and I'm I feel like a real I know I'm an asshole before I say this I thought it was some kind of record release thing <laughs> And I was getting so mad, I thought like a rapper <laughs> was having like a release day. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, oh, and it was wounds are still open, our mouth are closed, <laughs> our fingers is moving, I rustle my toes. Oh, oh. My was, dick yeah. is pretty. My teeth is gold. You try to buy my album, but the shit's already sold oh. out, oh. son. Freestyle 2014. Much love. Guess what? That's not what it was, dude. No way. What, what, what was it? It was for the anniversary of the Armenian genocide because oh. I was driving through Little Armenia. And I didn't know. And then I got to work and somebody was like, this is what this is. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I yeah. felt so bad, man. It's scary shit, man, when you hear about stuff like that. that and you're like, wait a minute. That was 1915? 1915. Armenian civilians escorted by armed Ottoman soldiers are marched through uh, to a prison in nearby Mezrich, present-day Alagurch. It's impossible to pronounce. 1915. Between uh, a million... And 1.5 million people were murdered. Wow. Yeah. 24th of April, 1915. Now, do you think the other ones don't get mentioned, like this one, for instance, because they, they are so small in size compared to the number of deaths with the Jewish Holocaust? I don't know. Because Jewish Holocaust is like 6 million. This is 1.5, which it was a ton of people, but I mean, you know. I, I don't know. I wonder if that's why it gets they, they all get so overshadowed. It's a good question. I mean, um, I don't... Look, it's anytime it's that's a lot of fucking people. One point five million people. I can't imagine how it could ever be overshadowed. I just I'm, I'm ashamed that I learned about it 
while I was talking to somebody. Well, yeah, well, that's that's even that's why I asked the question because it's like I don't even I can't justify in my head how something like that would get overshadowed. Uh, other than I guess maybe this other one was so much bigger. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because the Jews control the media, Joe DeRosa. <laughs> they know how to spread a story. It's kind of like when, like, you know, when Farrah Fawcett died, but then Michael Jackson died on the same day. He got all the press. They died on the same day? They died, like, on the same day, and Farrah Fawcett got, got nothing. Remember oh, that? Poor Farrah. I know that's a trite parallel to draw. She but, didn't even you know. fuck any kids, allegedly. I know. I know. I'm not convinced he did still. I'm still not convinced he did. I have a theory. It's a very bad theory. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're Joe Rogan's a moron, I agree with you. Okay? I'm on your side. I think I'm a moron too. <laughs> but I think there's a possibility that he might have been what they call a castrata. Do you know what a castrata is? No. Castrata music, I think I'm saying it right, <clears throat> is a type of music where they would castrate young boys. And they would castrate young boys so that they would sing at this incredible pitch. That didn't sound manly at all. It's very bizarre. It's very freaky. You can hear it online. Haven't we played it on the podcast yeah. before? <clears throat> Let's play some of it just for DeRosa because he's never heard it before. Okay. But it, there's a, a style of music that was created by castrating boys. Because okay. when you remove their testicles, they don't produce testosterone. And they have this weird sort of, you know, it's this uh, androgynous sort of sound to their voice. And it's, a, it's, it's feminine, but like a little bit masculine. And it's very similar to how Michael Jackson is. <clears throat> if you see Michael Jackson's brothers, yeah, they look manly as fuck. And they sound manly. Yeah, they sound manly. He stayed really slender. He stayed like a guy who had no testosterone. He didn't look like a man... Who had testosterone? He was Rick, really slender. I think this is a great theory. <clears throat> it's not a bad theory. I think it might have happened to me, by the way. Well, it's also the thing about these men, or these these they're men now, but the, they say that they were molested by Michael Jackson. No one says he fucked them. No, it was all like weird touching stuff. Yeah, and I I don't I don't think there was anything going on there. I think that's why he longed for childhood. I mean, it's a terrible theory. <clears throat> Again, I'll tell you right now, it's not backed by any facts. I don't think right? it's a terrible theory. But listen, this is a castrata. This is a long time ago, by the way. This is like, was it 19, early 1900s? Yeah. These recordings, I mean, they don't do this anymore unless I, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's something to Michael Jackson's voice when you listen to the way he would sing that, fuck man, that doesn't sound like any guy I've ever heard. No, no, it's it's. Why, why, tell him that it's human nature. Why, why, I, does she do it that way? You I know, tried to do Thriller once at karaoke, and I, I almost had a fucking <clears throat> aneurysm. Yeah, it's so high. Yeah, it's so like you can't try to sing it. Try to sing the chorus. <laughs> no, without. <laughs> And no one's gonna save you from the beast about to strike. But do it without doing the falsetto. I can't. You didn't sing it in falsetto. <clears throat> Just try. I, I can't fucking sing anyway. <laughs> okay, here's a terrible. Here we go. Because this is thriller. <laughs> thriller night. And no one's gonna save you from the beast. No, I can't yeah, sing. Yeah, you do it falsetto. I, well, I can't do anything else. Yeah, it's, that's what. I can't sing. It's impossible. <laughs> It's impossible to hit those notes. Like it's, dude. It's past Getty Lee. Mm -hmm. It's like way past right. Getty Lee. Well, Getty Lee, who I love, still sounds like an odd man. I I love Rush, I but love when him. you listen to like Living in the Limelight, <clears throat> when he's singing that song, 
he sounds like an odd man. It right. doesn't sound like something that can't be achieved. When you hear Michael Jackson saying, you go, something's going on here, and yeah. I can't fucking put my finger on it. It's not, it's not male. No, yeah, it it sounds womanly. Well, I mean, it's it's, and that's forever been the joke about him. Well, I think know? I think there might be something to my stupid theory, and I think it's because I have this connection with I, I have this like weird thing about him. Because I've always wanted to know, like, what makes a person want to stay a child? Because I've always been accused, rightly so, of being immature. I'm very immature. But almost on purpose. Right. Because when I grew up, I saw these people that were mature, that were living these mature lives. And they were fucking miserable, man. They, they suffered all day. There was no reward. They came home to a wife they hated. They lived a shit life. Mm. And a lot of them died young. I, yeah. just, I saw it in front of me. I didn't want to do this. So I, I tried to figure out every way I could to rebel against work. And I remember seeing like this guy and seeing Michael Jackson, how brilliant he was, but how odd it was. And how he always had like these amusement park rides at his house and he yeah. invited little kids over and i'm like what was wrong it's beautiful that the guy wanted to help kids it's beautiful that the guy always worked with these people that were sick and these kids that were dying it is beautiful but what was it that connected him so much to childlike things like why was he so childlike why did he never have i mean he had children but they weren't really his children they were white kids they're st they're fully white kids if you look at him today you can say well these didn't come from his dna they might have been yeah. his children but yeah, it's very odd. It's very odd also how much his children are out of the limelight. There, there, There's no connection with them to Michael Jackson. No, none. None whatsoever. Which is good. I mean, they're just kids. They don't, you know, they don't deserve it. it, it I, I do think it is good. But I mean, even like with, with other celebrities that attempted to keep the kid out of the spotlight, like... You know, Eminem doesn't, aside from talking about her, doesn't like put his daughter out there. Right. Uh... And he's like staunchly opposed to it. Yet we all kind of know what she looks like. Mm -hmm. We all know who she is. Like if you saw her, the same thing with the uh, Cobain and Courtney Love's mm -hmm. kid. Um, but Michael Jackson, it's like I couldn't pick those kids out of a fucking lineup. Well, that's good. I hope that that's you know? because the family sheltered the kids from all the crazy people. That I mean, you, you want to talk crazy people? Michael Jackson was a star on a level that we can't even begin to comprehend. No. I mean, this is a guy who couldn't leave the fucking house. If he left the fucking house, there would be a swarm of people. Yeah. I, you know, I met a girl. Jamie. One more round, sir. <laughs> Let's do this again. Yes, Brian. You're going in. Don't be a pussy. I knew a girl that, uh, that knew uh, Britney Spears. Whoa. Like, in recent years, I mean. And... She was, I was like, what's, what's she like? And she goes, she goes, she's really down to earth. She goes, she's really cool considering especially who she is. And she was like, dude, she literally can't go anywhere in the entire world without being known. Like, I can't even fathom that. Stanhope is buddies with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Depp's a Stanhope fan. Johnny Depp contacted Stanhope about some project and got together and started hanging out with him in England. And he realized when they were hanging out, I was like, he goes, oh, I can't go anywhere. Like you can't, he can't go anywhere. Yeah. He doesn't go anywhere. He has brings a chef over to his home. When he was over at his house, um, uh, not Keith Richards. Uh, who's in the Rolling Stones? Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger. The other one. Who's the other one? Uh, Ron. I don't know. Who the fuck is in the Rolling Stones? Who's the other guy? Ron Wood. Is that his name? Shit! What are we retarded? How do we not know who's in the? Rolling Stones? I'm trying to Stones? remember the drummer's name, and I can't remember his name. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, Rolling Stones. Who's the fuck is in the Rolling Stones? 
God, isn't that funny? You only remember Keith Richards. I was never a big Stones guy, so I barely. You. Yeah, me neither. I only How learned the first the two. How dare the both of you? I love the logo though, with the lips or the tongue or whatever the fuck. Even it on is. their website, they just expect <laughs> you to know who the fuck everybody <laughs> is. Yeah, back in the day, that was sex sexual as a kid growing up. You're like, a weird kid. I man. think the logo is what stopped me from getting really? into it. <clears throat> the logo is where it stopped for me. Uh, you know what? I should shut the fuck up right here because I probably shouldn't even say what happened. I was about, I probably, it's probably good. Okay. Ron Wood, that is his name. Um, anyway, the point is they were all hanging out and Stan Hope realized, oh, Johnny Depp is too famous. Right. Like, he's gotten way too famous. Like, and it apparently was from those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. From there on out, there's no more going to restaurants. Dude, I, when, when Chappelle came back from Africa, when he went, when he like, you know, ran off from the TV show and everything, and came, and when he came back, he went on this tour and I toured with him. And I know uh, Dave isn't, you know, Johnny Depp, but he's pretty fucking famous, pretty fucking you know? Famous. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, it was crazy, man, because we were doing these shows and I was opening for him for like two weeks and he'd literally just be like, want to go to the mall, man? And I'd be like, yeah, let's go. And he'd be like, all right, let's go. And literally I would walk to the mall with Dave Chappelle, no security, nothing. And cars we're screeching in the fucking streets. People were jumping out of their cars. They were running up to... We went to a footlocker in the mall. We had to leave through the back exit because so many people were flooding in because wow. he was... And I was... And we... The worst part was we went... A pack of people followed us to the hotel. It followed him. I was just there. Uh, but a pack of people, like fucking dogs, followed him <laughs> to the hotel. Like, I'm talking... And they're all going, I'm Rich James, bitch! Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, they Bunch were... Yes. White dudes with back, backwards baseball hats on. <laughs> yeah. And, no, it was, all, it was all like... It was like a lot of, like, fat white guys, I remember. <laughs> and, uh... And, uh... And, uh... They followed us. There was, like, 30 people. I'm not exaggerating. We got to the hotel. The... The concierge at the hotel had to literally hold the people back so we could get onto the hotel or into the elevator. And as the doors were shutting, a guy got around the concierge and ran up and literally put his phone almost against Chappelle's face and goes, say something funny. My friend's on the phone. Say something funny. And Dave just kind of stared at this guy. And we got in the elevator and the door shut. And I go, dude, I, I don't know how you didn't just lay that dude out, man. That was like the rudest thing I've ever seen anybody do to a person. And he was just like, what are you going to do, man? Was, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> why he was high dude. all the time. That's but, why you need to stay high when you're that famous. Yeah. All day. But he gave me the best advice ever uh, that I ever got in comedy. And I, t I talk about this in my act a little bit. Like the, I tell the story. But we were hanging out after we did a show one night in Cleveland at, the, at this big amphitheater. And after the show, I'm talking to these two girls. And they're like, you're so funny. And I'm like, why don't you come back to the hotel? You know? <laughs> come hang out. Dave might stop by. You know, I was oh, did you to, say that? Yuck. Yeah, I was trying to pick up these chicks. Imagine he actually if, was going to stop by, though. <laughs> but imagine if you were in the middle of boning her, and she heard Dave's voice, and she's like, get off me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> imagine if he's cock blocking you by standing in the living room. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God, is that him? Get out of me. <laughs> Get out of me! <laughs> I need to meet him! He's not going anywhere. I'll come in 30 seconds. He no! was an awesome... No, rape! He was an awesome <laughs> wingman, because he was, he was, he's married, right? and he was like a great dude about it. He was just like, you know, he would sit there and like talk to you, you know, with the chicks, and then like he'd peel off, and then you'd be there with the chicks, man. It was and, fucking beautiful. And the chicks would go, you must be special. Oh, dude. Well, they also just saw you open for... Dude, it was... Yeah. 
So, oh, look at you! You're glowing. Oh, dude, it was it was really it was nice. <laughs> so happy. It was nice. It was really nice. So I was talking to these two girls after one of the shows in Cleveland, and uh, and I'm like, come back to the hotel, and they're they're being wishy washy, and I'm like, all right, whatever, and they take my number, and I I go backstage. And I'm bitching to Dave and the the tour bus driver about these chicks. And I'm like, you know, they're fucking just being all wishy-washy. And I don't know this. And I don't know, it's just annoying. Just fucking hang out if you're going to hang out. And the bus driver goes, Joe, I'm going to tell you what you need to do, man. You need to walk up to that girl, look her dead in the eye, and say, do you want to suck my dick or not? <laughs> right? Wow. And I was like... Terrible advice. I was like, okay. okay. And, uh, <clears throat> and I was considering it for a second. And then Chappelle goes, don't do that shit, man. Don't do it. You're going to fuck around, Joe. You're going to get famous one of these days. Ten years from now, that bitch will be on hard copy going, (laughs) (laughs) going, Joe DeRosa told me to suck his dick in Cleveland once. (laughs) Well, the reality is, even if that didn't happen, there's going to be a girl, if you get famous, that just remembers a story that never happened at all. About Joe DeRosa telling her to suck your cock. Right, right. I've had fucking people tell me stories about me that absolutely didn't exist. That never happened. Really? About, uh, at fucking on the podcast. Remember Crash was telling a story about a fight in New York that never took place. About how I told this guy, can you handle that guy? I'll take the other two. And I went over and kicked some guy in the head. Never happened. None of it happened. Really? And he was like arguing with me that it happened. I'm like, dude, I am telling you. I didn't. I haven't fought anybody since. I haven't had a street fight since I was in high school. All right, I've avoided every single physical altercation outside of competition since high school. So this never happened. It's impossible that it happened. That's a great like rumor though about it's you. It makes you sound terrible. like a killer. It no, like a, it makes me not... sound like an asshole. I don't think what? it makes you sound like an asshole. It at all. totally makes me sound like an asshole. Listen, whenever you see a bunch of people, and you're like, "Can you take that guy? We'll take it." Why wouldn't you just turn around and get the fuck out of there? That's the smart move. The smart guy walks out of there. I, see, I'm I'm a little fucking wisp of grasp that that can't fight at all. Wisp like, of grasp. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the most fucking the weakest thing you can ever be. While stand up straight. That's, that's such a funny descriptive. A wisp of grasp. I remember seeing a tell once on stage, and uh, there were there were three fat girls in the front row. <laughs> or no, there was two. I think it was two thin girls and a fat girl in the middle. And I don't remember why he said this to the fat girl, but it was something about how she didn't think she was fat. And he goes, oh, I know, right? You, you look at you sitting there like a little blade of grass. <laughs> <laughs> a little blade of grass. I think he's fat shaming. That's uh, outlawed now. That's not cool, guys. On the internet, fat shaming is fucking male hypocrisy slash patriarchy slash privilege slash <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I, so I'm, I, I would love a story like that. I would, uh, like, my point is, is I'm a pussy. I would love to be in a situation where I literally go, I can take this guy. Can you take that guy? People I just, would just never be in that situation. Why do people make stuff up like that? Things that never happened. It's, 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 I had a guy come up to me at a party and he goes, my dentist played golf with you. And I go, no, no, it wasn't me. He goes, oh, yeah, you're the guy from Fear Factor. My dentist played golf with you. I go, dude, I've never played golf, ever. <laughs> In my whole life, I've never played golf. It's probably that other Rogan, that, that sports newscaster, <laughs> and it's just like... Probably. You know what I mean? He probably plays golf, Fred Rogan. Fred Rogan, yeah. Yeah, it may be. It might be. But he was <laughs> insisting. It was the Fear Factor guy. He was insisting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. If I ever reached your level, like... 
I'll be able to relate to these stories. I wish I had rumors floating around about me. I got nothing going on right There's now. There's rumors from high school that never happened that I, I talked to a, a friend who knew a friend of mine from high school, things that happened in high, that never happened. Like what? Just violent things, mostly violent things. Mostly- Were you always this guy, like a, like a cut fucking... MMA type dude? Uh, well, in, from high school on, I did martial arts, like, pretty religiously. That was my whole life, from, like, 15 on. Am I crazy? Because I remember when, see, when when I would see you on news radio, I don't remember you being jacked like this, though. Were you cut up like yeah, that? Yeah, there was whole videos of me taking my shirt off. I had to wrestle Andy Dick once and fucking remember that? Okay. <laughs> You'd probably find that. Yeah, I wasn't as big. I didn't really lift weights until I started doing jiu-jitsu. And I started doing jiu-jitsu in 96. So that was when I started lifting weights. And I started hanging out with Eddie Bravo, my, my good friend Eddie Bravo, my best friend, like around 99, 2000, somewhere around then. And we started lifting weights pretty seriously right after that because I started really getting into jiu-jitsu. Okay. And um, one of the things about jiu-jitsu is just protecting your joints and protecting your back and protecting your neck and all these different parts of your body. And that <clears throat> adding muscle to your body uh, keeps you from getting injured. It's kind of important. Okay. And also it gives you more strength to execute moves. It's just like jujitsu is a very, very grueling activity. And the stronger you are, I mean, it's good. It's, it's most important to be technical, to understand the technique. But the stronger you are, the better. So I started lifting weights pretty seriously around then. So this is me no, I when don't. I didn't even lift weights. Yeah, this was like... Was this from the show? This is from news radio. Yeah, I like how I asked that. No, it's a real match between so you and Andy Dick. <clears throat> that's what I looked like with no weightlifting at all. That was just kickboxing. <laughs> Jesus, that was pretty good. Yeah, but then he tickles, tickles me and kicks my ass. Fights like I would. I was just about to say the same thing to you, Joe. All right, dude, that's it. Yeah, it is it. Tick, tick, tick. No, tick, tick. So stupid. Shut it off now. How dare you? So. (laughs) I like that show. Yeah, that was like probably 1990. Well, Phil was alive, so it was before 90... I think he was murdered in 98. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was before that. It was probably 97, 96. So, no, there was no lifting weights back then. It was just kickboxing. Jesus, man, you were ripped, dude. Still are. You want to talk about it? <laughs> Take your pants off. Do you even I got nothing. I got nothing to add to it. I, it's nothing. I have anything to say about. Well, I, I, I went. Just, you I, know, don't, I don't understand it. Like, I, no, just, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. No, I understand. Way. I, yeah. did, I that was my. I went down a different path. You know, like, uh, you know, I don't understand. I, I have uh, friends that do extreme sports. You know, like, dude, they do like uh, they jump bikes and shit like that, motorbikes and stuff like that, and do flips, and they're all busted up. And like, I know this dude, Eric Apple. His wrist is. He broke his wrist so bad, it's like an inch shorter. It's like Oof. he's had like all the ligaments and shit, and he went on from that to do MMA fighting. Jesus. Just crazy, crazy people. Like, Jesus Christ. But that's, that's how he grew up, you know? Uh-huh. I, I literally grew up doing martial arts competitions. So that was my, I mean, it, it made me a way more balanced person, if that makes any sense. I would have been way more fucked up. Given my circumstances, I needed something to throw all my energy in. I just had so much angst and anxiety and insecurity. I needed something, and I found it in martial arts. But it just happened to be the thing for me at that time. So that's why. You know, it's not like... It makes perfect sense. It's not for everybody, you know? It can help you, though, if you're looking for something to do to give you some physical exercise. And also, it gives you a kind of understanding of your your body and, and fear. 
I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had been pushed in that direction at a younger age. At a young age, uh, because I'm too old for it now. And I how old are you? I'm 37. You're not too old for it. I my friend's dad started doing jujitsu when he was 57. Really? He got his black belt. I think he was like 65 or 66. He got his black belt. Yeah, maybe I should. I don't know. I, I have such terrible anxiety and angst issues yeah. still. And yeah, I'm in like therapy for it and stuff. But uh, what's the, like the main, I mean, if you want to talk about this, but sure. do you have a main fear, a thing that fucks with you? Uh, my fear of death is pretty uh, tremendous, pretty tremendous and, and extremely irrational. Um, it's it's almost crippling. It's almost crippling. Wow. Have you done any psychedelics, like heavy oh, yeah. doses of mushrooms mm-hmm. or heavy doses of yeah? What have you done? I don't know what heavy doses are, but I mean, I you know, I've I took my share of mushrooms and acid through the years. Uh, open your hand and show me what's the biggest dose you've ever taken. You know, like no, that's not good enough, son. You're showing me a little tiny, like quarter size. You know, I remember tripping for like. 11, 12 hours on acid, like stuff like that. Well, I don't have an experience with acid, but I do have experience with mushrooms. And my experience is that there's a big difference between like a couple caps and stems and a fucking handful. Uh It's a handful. You want like five grams. When you do the, yeah. When you do like those big trips, that's when you just go, it just obliterates your ego. (sighs) And you, you go just deep into the, realm of perception and of understanding your position in this great thing that you see in front of you and how much your position in this great thing this great thing being the entire universe itself how much of your position is distorted by your own ability to recognize your surroundings and your need to survive and then your ego which comes into place and wants you to get laid wants you to be fed wants you to stay you know alive and competitive like all those variables they fuck with your your ability to understand the, the the true nature of reality and sometimes a real ego obliterating experience is what you need just to kind of put it in place see the problem is now for me and i i had some uh brushes with that in my time uh, that i would do these heavier psychedelics uh but my problem is now is that my anxiety is such an issue that i wouldn't be able to handle it wow. i can't even handle pot now i mean if i went into a hard trip like that I would start freaking out. I turn too inward. I'm a pretty uh, lethargic guy, so I've always been more of a fan of stimulants than than barbiturates and depressants, um, which is what eventually pulled me away from marijuana. Because my problem with marijuana is I'll smoke it and I go deep into my head, right? And it's bad. If I had <laughs> if I had smoked any weed before I came in here today, this would literally I would be panicking right now, right now, because I feel. I feel a general anxiety just being here. Really? Yeah. Why? Not, what, not, what is the general anxiety? Just anytime you're talking to people or that you're online? Um, I have, I have, I definitely have, uh, you know, self-esteem issues and, and um, uh, excuse me, issues about my own achievement and worth. So when I do something like this for the first time, I'm, I'm I, the first few times, uh, I am nervous because I'm like, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck this up. Right. This is a guy you don't know, you know, because I don't really know you. You know what I mean? We, yeah, we, we know kinda... each other kind of, but we're like, 
I mean, I consider you uh, like a comrade, a colleague, uh, yes. a fellow comic. Every comic that I know that's a comic, like you get sanctioned by Jimmy Norton or any of those right. guys, you're you're in. You're, you can stay at my house. I don't even know you, but if you want to stay at my house, you can stay at my house. And I, that's I, how I feel. Thank you. And I honestly feel the same way about you. And not because I've known you from TV for longer than we've known each other personally. Like I, I feel the same way. I feel like we're part of a fraternity, and not just because of comedy, but it's a little more specified for for us, I think, because we're part of the ONA camp, and you know that's a special camp. Yeah. It was a special camp to be a part of. So um, it still is. You know, I, I I don't know if they're gonna, ever going to sort that out, but it's not the same. I love no. Jimmy and I love Opie, and they're great together, and I listen to it all the time. But God damn it, I miss Anthony. It's it is it is a bummer. It's a real bummer. You, you know? know that's that's a well. Let me answer your. Yeah, answer your the question. first question. We'll yeah, get back sorry. To that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, but uh, but so I feel like you know every everything I do, for instance, right now in L.A. And trust me, it's not a terrible anxiety right now. I was excited about this too. Like a lot of it is just excitement and interpreting the excitement. But um, you know, I'm doing a th- I'm doing a part on a TV show right now uh, that looks like it might last for a little while i don't know yet because it's sort of episode to episode but with something like that like every time i do it i'm like don't fuck this up dude this is your you don't you know what i mean and that's what i do and it's terrible it's a terrible terrible anxiety um it doesn't prevent me from performing it doesn't prevent me from delivering but it's there and it's the kind of thing where if something does go wrong, I have a very hard time just leaving it behind me and going, it was a bad day at work, dude. Let it go. You know, I did a charity event last night, and it wasn't a great show. And this was a huge step for me today. I woke up with anxiety about it at 4.30 in the morning. Why'd you do this bit? Why'd you do that bit? And I was just like, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. You just weren't the best choice for that gig. That's it. It's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. And I think most people go down that road first. And my whole life, I've never gone down that road first. I go down the blaming myself road first. Well, let me be honest with you then. Um, I've had shows where I had a great set for 90 minutes. And I'll close badly or Mm -hmm. fuck up something and I can't sleep. Yep. I wake up in the middle of the night and I, I'm I'm just in a hurricane. Yeah. A hurricane of anguish and being upset. But I think that's because I care. Yeah. It's because I care. Yeah. Because I don't want anybody leaving a show ever and feeling like, eh, I don't ever want oh. I know they paid money. That drives me fucking crazy. It's I know horrible. they got babysitters, they planned it out, they saved their money for the that you know, I don't want any, anyone to ever think that I ever take that for granted because that would drive me fucking crazy if if I went to see someone and I knew they didn't give a shit and they took it for granted. That's the, one of the worst things a performer can ever do with their audience. Right. Is disrespect their audience. Right. Yeah, I, I brought this up before, but I'll bring it up again. It's what I call the Joe DiMaggio principle. Right. Because I remember this quote when I was a kid. Joe DiMaggio was like 40 years old, sliding into third base, and the, the guy on the other team goes, you know, why are you playing so hard? You're already in the Hall of Fame. And he goes, because someone out there is someone in the audience that hasn't seen Joe DiMaggio play. And I don't want to let him down. That's so great. Lori Kilmartin said once to me, I, years ago, I was opening for her in Philadelphia. And I said, how do, you, how do you manage to go out and show the same enthusiasm every set? Because I noticed throughout the weekend that she was doing that. And I was having a hard time with that at that point in my career. And she said, just think about it. She's like, you're a fan of comedy. Haven't you ever seen a comedian that makes you laugh so hard you want to fall over? And I go, yeah. And she goes, there's a chance somebody in the audience that's going to happen because of you tonight. 
Yeah. So you should always have that in your head. And that's that's the DiMaggio thing you just said. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, a lot of times just a perception issue, like how you deal with things. Like um, I, I had a friend that came up to me once. Uh, we were in um, Vegas, and uh, I brought him to some fights. And uh, after the fights... It gets pretty fucking crazy. It's, you know, there's 18,000 people there, and you try to yeah. wake your way through the casino. Good luck. You know, you're going to get stopped every five seconds. And he right. was like, does it get annoying? I go, well, there's certain times where I have things that I have to do, where I have to leave. Like, I have to go to a show, right. or I'm, I have to meet someone for dinner. I mean, I have to be there by X amount of time. I just have to say no. But for the most part, it's just a bunch of people being nice. Right. But my attitude about it is always that every time I meet someone, I reset. Because it's like, I don't ever think of it as like, oh, here's another person. Here's another person. Every time I meet someone, I reset. Right. So it's a total new experience because I know it's a new experience for them. And right. if, I, if I don't I don't accept that, I can't always say yes. I can't always call your friend. I can't always fucking take pictures. I have to go sometimes. Like Sometimes it's unavoidable. There's 100 people and you got to be out of there because you're supposed to be somewhere in five minutes. Right. I can't be late for a show. I can't be late for an interview or an appearance that I have to do or whatever sure. the fuck that's obligated yeah. yeah no and i think that reset mentality is great like you know when i first started doing o a burr told me years ago he was like listen here's what you do he goes you're doing the show now guys are going to start coming out to see you 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 sell your merch you shake everybody's hand and he goes and and talk and just talk he goes you know it, sometimes you can't spend a lot of time with everybody but talk to everybody say hello and he was like, and that's what you do, dude. Like, and, and not that I would have done any different, but him saying that really cemented it into my head. He's a great guy. Yeah. And I've seen him do it, mm -hmm. and I've always done it. If there are fucking two people in the audience that wanted to see me, and it was a, the, the shittiest show of all time because there were 98 that didn't give a fuck about who I was and heckling or whatever, I spent time with those two guys and talked to them. You know what I mean? And I talked to them like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like, like I'm talking person. to you. Yeah, that's how it should be. You know. You know? Burr said once that uh, something that I, I thought was really cool. He said uh, we, were, we were just talking about how everything's going really well for him and he's real happy. And uh, he says, you know, I, uh, I remember when I was a kid and uh, I would, uh, I'd go to see a band and then uh, you know the the new song sucked and I just wasn't into it. They put on a bad show and I felt like they fucked me. Yep. And he goes, and I know that if people come out to see me, they're fans. And I'm I'm not gonna fuck them. Yeah. I'm not gonna fuck them. I'm gonna I'm gonna write hard. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna give it my best. I'm yeah. Not gonna, I don't want to fuck them. That's a great attitude. It is. It is. I mean, he he works he works so hard and he and he gives his he delivers to his fans what they deserve. I think everybody. Excuse me. I think everybody, I, uh, many comics do that, but I think again, like what was always special to me about, or one of the things that was always special to me about being part of that O and A fraternity was that. Those comics all did that. Yeah. Everybody delivered. You yeah. know, everybody had the mentality of it's a new year. I have to go back to the to that city again. I better have a new hour. Or it better be the much, much better version of last year's hour. Yeah. You know, because I'm about to tape it or whatever it mm -hmm. is. You know, but, uh, and it was, Patrice was like that, obviously. Norton, uh uh louis uh obviously you know like like these guys you know they, they you know burr like they that that's what they that's what they all did you know one of the great things about the opie and anthony show was that it was a hangout like even if like ricky gervais came on or some big star came on if you and i were on the show we would still be on the show and right. he would sit in there and everybody knew to lay back and let someone talk or occasionally everybody would jump in i mean it was 
completely free form. Yeah. And because of that, there was a lot of ball busting. Like when Bobby yeah. Kelly's on, the guy gets yeah. fucking tortured. When Voss is on, he gets tortured. Yeah. And because of that, like getting tortured, like everybody has to like mind their P's and Q's and be on the ball. Mm-hmm. You got to cover all your bases. It's the snake pit, man. Yeah. Whereas if you do yeah. a lot of other radio shows, even big shows, it's one guest at a time. Right. You know, and you don't you don't get tossed into like that sort of comedy seller table sort of scenario or you know the yeah. parking lot at the store or you know yeah. the bar at the improv like there's that i always said when you when you went on ona and it was a packed room you know when you walked in and it was DePaulo, bobby you know or or burr and patrice or whoever when it was a packed room on ona I always said it was like getting dropped into the... It was like in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he hits the ground in that fucking <laughs> snake pit. And it's just like, you better like have your torch up and be ready because they are coming at you from every fucking direction. Snakes. I hate snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Asps. Very dangerous. But it was also just fun. You know, it's like exciting to be in that room with Voss and Norton and everybody's like, everyone's, fu- you know, Norton says something funny and then Voss will say something funny and yeah. everybody's like chiming in and laughing and it's just, ex- it's so exciting. It was, it was. Those, those times were the hardest times I've ever laughed in my life. And I remember when I would have stints where I would quit drinking for a while and I'd, I'd say like the fuck am I going to have fun if I'm not going out drinking? You know? Uh, I would go, oh, that's right. I laughed the hardest I ever did in my entire life at 6.45 in the morning the other day, dead sober. Yeah. Because I was on Opie and Anthony. Eating it's a not, bagel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watching Bobo pull his fucking pubes out or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, literally crying laughing, like... Till yeah. you couldn't breathe, you know. So it's like I was like, okay, th- it's possible. It's possible to have sober fun, obviously. Well, hanging out with comedians, I mean, that's the one thing. Me and Stan Hope were talking once, and he said, uh, "I could quit comedy, but I could never quit hanging out with comics." <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, we were just laughing and fucking around, and we were we we're just being ridiculous and making each other howl. And uh, he, we were just both shaking our head, and he goes, I could never stop hanging out with comics. Ah, uh, like, that's I great. Could, you know, like, he goes, I don't fucking quit comedy. I could quit comedy. I could just stop performing. Fuck, just fuck it. I could just fucking smoke <laughs> cigarettes and fucking drink beer and watch football. You know, like, hey, I could do that. He goes, but I don't want to stop hanging out with comedians. Because it's like, I think a guy like Stan Up also, you get to a point where you realize... I mean, yeah, it's fun to do shows, and yeah, it's, but nothing's going to change. You're not going to... Yeah. And the, well, and the best thing about hanging out with comics to me is like, it's like the rings of hell. Because there's hanging out with comedians. Then there's hanging out with the comedians that are, you know, that are in. That are the real comics, not just general comedians that are the pro guys or whatever, and girls. Then... It's the ring below that, which is like, these are the pros that are fucking cool. You know, that aren't egomaniacs. Then there's the ring under that where it's like, these are the pros that are ready to trash anything you want to talk about. <laughs> you know, everybody on the other three levels would scoff at what we're about to say. Yeah. But we'll go after anything down here on this on this little ring. And it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Well, there's an art form to saying fucked up shit. Yeah. You know, that you don't even necessarily really mean. But especially when a bunch of comics are getting together and they're vibing off of each other. There's a, that thing that we do where you'll I'll try to say something like Tony the other day. What the fuck did he say about Joan Rivers when Joan Rivers died? He's, 
Oh, <laughs> if you hurry up, you can still get in bed with her. I was supposed to do uh, In Bed with Joan. It was like she was doing a podcast <laughs> where she would do it from her bed. Yeah. And I was scheduled to do it, and it got moved around, and I was waiting to reschedule it, and then she died. And it made me sad because uh, I was a huge fan. Yeah, me and, too. Um, and <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe goes, if you hurry up, you can still get in bed with her. <laughs> It's not too late. She probably hasn't started rotting yet. Oh, my God. No. He, he did, I don't think he said that, but the idea, you know. But you can't say that in normal company. But amongst comedians, you know, I, it was to me, it made me feel good that he said that. You oh, know? my God. That's, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like we, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, Ari and I were talking last night. We went to Canner's Deli late after his uh, thing. We were, we were driving home, and he was talking about how he thinks it's good to interact with regular people. Because he goes, I don't talk to anybody that's a comedian, and I think I'm not getting a balanced perspective. And he was like, you know, you do this sports commentary stuff where, like, you'll go a whole weekend where you don't do stand-up and you talk to, like, athletes and you talk to, like, news people and stuff like that. Like, that's probably good for you. Right. And he goes, because I'm, all I'm talking to is psychos. Right. Who also, you know, they, they, I could say something really fucked up and they're like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like, well, yeah. When we... All right, I, I feel like th I learned this in therapy. When somebody shares something with you, you need to share back, oh. so you know that we're like on the level together. So I'm going to tell you a fucked up thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I was hanging out. I don't even. I feel bad bringing his name, but I was hanging out with Pete Holmes. Oh, you brought him in, and it was right after. It was right after uh, Robin Williams. <laughs> it was right after the Robin Williams thing. <laughs> right after the Holocaust. <laughs> And they were saying they were saying it's an apparent suicide. They found him with the belt around his neck, and I was like, "Pete, do you think he? You think it was a suicide? Or do you think he was jacking it <laughs> with the belt around his neck?" And we just started laughing, going, "Apparent suicide always sounds way better in a newspaper than definitely was jerking off with a belt around his neck." <laughs> Yeah, in in Robin's case, he cut his wrist too. Yeah, I know that part hadn't come out yet, and uh, yeah, you know, it was. It, I mean, there's a there. I, there's a. I we, I have a human side. I don't want to sound like a cunt. <laughs> it's not a cunt. It's true. I have it's a, a human good point. side. It's 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 very sad to me that that happened, and I respect that that happened. And if, and if I was related to him, I probably wouldn't want to hear a joke about it right now. But but my point is, is like. You know, sometimes you're hanging out with comics, and you can let those little thoughts out with them uh, that I think a lot of people, a lot of other comics, if I was on nine out of ten other podcasts right now, I wouldn't have felt comfortable sharing that. But see, you shared the, the crazy Joan Rivers joke, right? <laughs> and then I share that back, and it's like, it's like we're, here we are. We're in the fucking ninth ring together. And Joan Rivers or Robin Williams, I think, would understand why those jokes were funny. I don't have the right to say this guy's name because I wasn't there when it happened, but a, a very famous comedian came over to a table of comics at the, uh, at the uh, cellar and uh, right after Robin Williams died and went, he was a joke thief, right? Fuck him. Really? And walked away. And everybody was like, oh, shit. Right? Jesus. Like, looked at everybody and went, he was a joke thief, right? Jesus. This guy was a joke thief, right? And everybody, like, nodded their head and he goes, fuck him. And oh, walked away. shit. Yeah, and I don't, I, it wasn't there. So I don't know if it was funny. The guy's fucking hilarious, so I'm sure it was probably pretty funny when he said it. But uh, that's a real thing too with people. That's a real thing where some guys never want to let that shit go. Um, yeah, no, that's a very real thing. I mean, especially if it was your bit. Like if you had a bit, and all of a sudden <laughs> it's on Letterman. 
Look, I'll tell you, you know... Mark's doing it? There's something to be said for that don't die with a grudge thing. Yeah. But I also do think it's bullshit a lot of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you watch that Ramones documentary, End of the Century, and they start talking to jo uh, Johnny Ramone after Joey died, and they go, did you go visit him in the hospital? He goes, no. And they go, even when he was dying, you didn't go see him? You knew he was going to die? And he goes, no. If I was dying, I wouldn't want him to come see me. I don't like the guy. We don't like each other. Uh -huh. And I was just like... You know what, man? I, in certain ways, I tip my hat to that. It's like, yeah, like, right. this is what it is, man. Like, let's not let's not stroke ourselves here. There's you levels, know? you know. There's levels. Like, there's some people that you have fallen outs with where you could you could sort it out, and there's some people you can't. There's some people I don't want to be around because I just don't want to feel them. I don't want to be in their. I don't. I think they're beyond my reach. I they're agree. Beyond my hope, their perception of reality is so different than mine that I, agree. I you know I don't I don't want to hate anybody but I don't want to communicate with them either. Right. Well, you know, the, the the like my mom taught me a great lesson about that sort of thing. She said the opposite of hate isn't love, the opposite of hate is indifference. Hmm. When you truly don't care about somebody, that's that's How's love for Oh, I'm sorry. Though? I'm sorry. Let me let me I, I phrased it wrong. The opposite of love is in hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Mm. That's what it is. Excuse me. So where's hate fit in there? Is it in the middle? Hate means you still care. Hate means you still love the person. It's not the opposite. Because if you hate, if you hate, you're invested. Hmm. You know? And I mean, I guess that investment doesn't necessar necessitate, necessitate love every time. But hate is investment. I'm spending my energy on you right now. I'm wasting my energy on you. You know, you're my ex-girlfriend. You did me wrong. It's two years later. I can't pick up a mop without yelling the word cunt at the ceiling <laughs> because this is the fucking mop you bought when you lived here. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's, that's not the opposite of love. That's You're still invested. There's part of you still in there somewhere that wishes everything was okay. But indifference... When you truly say, I don't give a fuck if you live, die, breathe, whatever. Like, I'm I have no nothing in me for you. Hmm. You know, to me, that is... That's why they say with these fucking Twitter trolls... You know, I was arguing with people on Twitter for the last two days. And people are going, why are you going after them? Don't show them that you care. Don't show them... And that's what... That's... Yeah. Yeah. Why am I showing them that I care? You know what I mean? Like, indifference is what pisses off a Twitter troll. Well, sometimes it's fun. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> I do, I do think there's a gray area, and um, and that's the gray area was where I was trying to exist because I didn't like what people were saying about a friend of mine on there, so I was trying to defend him. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, there, there's times where it's worth your effort to communicate, and there's times where it's not. It's a matter of how much emotionally you get invested in debating someone that you don't even know. I mean, you you might meet them, they might be a fucking complete idiot. And there's no reason whatsoever to even communicate with them. Like, what's the point in getting all riled up and upset? You're not even involved with that person. You don't know yeah. them. You choose to be involved with them because of 140 characters that are on a page. You don't have to. You don't have to, you know? Yeah. There was a guy today uh, that I stopped following that really came after me pretty hard uh, that I considered, I, I wouldn't say a friend. We didn't hang out, but like we were friendly. We were friendly, excuse me. And, um, you know, our, our knowing of each other started in a weird way. He was kind of like, being a bit of a troll one day to me and I really went after him because I was in a really bad mood and then I ended up meeting him at a party 
a year later, and he came up and introduced himself, and he's like, hey, man, I was just joking. I'm sorry that that got out of hand, whatever. He ended up giving me a bag of weed. <laughs> you know, he was really, really cool, and then we were cool, and then, like, over these last two days, he started tweeting me all this really fucking vicious shit about Andy Kindler, and Andy's my friend, and I was like, dude, I don't agree with you. Stop saying this shit to me, and stop putting my name in the fucking tweets like like you and me ride together and like and now my my friend is going to see his name getting smeared and my name's in the tweet too and i'm just like dude you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about stop and i was writing that back to him with both his and andy's handle in the tweets and he just kept doing it and i was just like you know what dude fuck it i'm not doing this and i wrote it i and other people chimed in were saying the same dumb shit and i just wrote to everybody that I'm arguing with right now on Twitter, please stop following me. I can't stand any of the shit you're saying right now. I'm serious. Stop following me. And they didn't. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just unfollowed this dude. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Keep following a guy that's like waving his dick in my face? You know what I mean? Depends. And then, <laughs> you know, and then he, <laughs> you know, I wake up today at 430 in the morning with anxiety from having a bad set at a fucking charity gig last night. And I check my Twitter, and there's like five tweets at me from this guy. You were never funny. You're a piece of shit. Oh you're this, God. you're that. Who is this guy? Uh, I'll say his name. I don't. It's Fred from Brooklyn is his Twitter handle. At Fred from Brooklyn. Is he a comic? I don't know what he does. I think he has a podcast. He's not like a guy anybody knows, except like some... He's part of that... Don't put him up on the screen. Yeah, he's part of that O&A crew. Um, but like... So he just like, was trying to hurt your feelings. Yeah, it was like it was. It, it kind of made me sad to be honest, because like he was doing it the way like a scorned lover does it. <laughs> like it's like, dude, two days ago you were telling me you love me, and now you're you're telling me I'm not funny. It's like you're just you're just hurt. Your feelings are hurt. Mm. So it, it didn't upset me in that sense. And by the way, Fred, if you're hearing this, I'm not giving you attention because this got to me. I'm just mature enough to talk about this, and I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I can't get into all the goddamn head games of don't say his name. That dude's typing it, right now with sweaty fingers. You, you know, know it's just like, and it's like, and and if you are listening to this, it's like, dude, I'm not even mad at you. It's like, you were saying a bunch of shit I didn't agree with. And I was like, all right, dude, I can't fuck with you anymore, man. And he's right. writing, if you don't play Twitter by DeRosa's rules, he'll fucking, he'll kill, blah, unfollow you. He's a fucking cunt. It's like, dude. Weren't you one of the same guys that stood up for Anthony and were pissed off that he came under fire for his words? So you can attack other people when their words come under fire, but I can't but nobody can criticize your word. You know what I mean? Like how the fuck does that coin Yeah, that's a that's a real convenient fucking coin you're flipping there. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um but why why worry about what his fucking hang up is? Why spend so much energy on it? That's the real issue. Well, now we're yeah. back to the thing about the indifference. Yeah. Um, I don't... It's not a lot of energy that I'm spending on it. It's just... I guess I'm just... I don't remember why we got into Twitter, but... Uh, but Oh, you were saying the, the you know these people from the 140. Yeah. You, That's you, your only relationship to yeah, them. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to. He was somebody that I actually genuinely liked, like as a dude. And Troubled. A lot yeah. of troubled people. Well, that's know? why I say I wasn't mad. It was more just like, it was like I feel bad, man. Like I just feel bad for you, dude. Like you, 
you're reacting the way like a dumped girl reacts right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, you know, when someone says something like that to you, it alleviates any responsibility you have for continuing to communicate with them. Like, oh, you're being a baby. Okay. Yeah. And like I, if some like some people will do that and they'll expect you to fire back at them and they'll do it wanting you to fire back on it. They want you to engage and that's where indifference comes in. Like you, you but you, this isn't indifference necessarily because we're kind of discussing it. But you know, it's it's important to recognize what you want to invest your energy in. Yes, I a certain agree. Amount of hours in a day. I agree. I agree. I just don't like. Like part, I will say this: my only emotional investment in that back and forth and like sending out a tweet that says please stop following me to anybody that feels this way i want people like that out of my life i don't want them coming to my shows i don't want them around i i don't and and it's not because they said mean things about andy kindler i can deal with somebody saying mean things about andy kindler it's the reasons they were saying the mean things about andy kindler they're pissed off because andy kindler uh addressed the Anthony situation at Montreal and now it's we see blood and we and attack and kill and it's fucking stupid it's mob mentality I don't agree with it I don't want people like that behind me in any way in any fucking way well you know Andy Kendler is a very progressive guy very smart guy and uh, he you know if he met Anthony and he had a conversation with him maybe they would have uh, a difference of opinion maybe they would argue I don't know but I respect them both. Yeah. It's a tricky, tricky situ- situation where uh, Anthony Cumia's situation, for folks who don't know, Anthony from Opie and Anthony was fired because um, he was in a situation, another situation line, situation, I can't stop saying situation, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> he was taking photographs late at night in Times Square. Some woman, he took her photograph and she got mad at him. She hit him, yelling at him, screaming at him, and then he went on this rant about the African-American community, about violence, about all sorts of different things, and he got fired for the rant. And, uh, you know, if anybody pays any attention to him on the Opie and Anthony show, they know that he does that all the time. Mm-hmm. That that style of communication is his thing. Mm-hmm. But you can explain yourself way better on a radio show when you're going back and forth with people and you cite statistics and facts about the African-American community. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no way to deny it. There's a disparity in the amount of African-American people that are in prison. There's a disparity in the amount of African-American people that commit crime. But that could be attributed to a bunch of different things. Economic factors, the, 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 the opportunities that they have as opposed to the opportunities that people that live in better neighborhoods have. And there's a lot of shit going on there. It's a complex, nuanced discussion. And you're not going to have a complex, nuanced discussion after you get punched in the face. You're right. just going to start screaming and yelling. And he should have just stayed off the air. Or stayed offline. What he should have done is talked about it on the radio show on Monday morning and expressed the whole story. So it's a sensitive issue. Very sensitive. And I think that, you know, I'll be honest with you. This is the first time I've ever talked about this publicly to anybody. Uh, And when this all happened, I got a lot of shit online about not coming out and saying stand with Ant or defend Ant or whatever. Um, because I wanted to see the situation through before I said anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't agree with the initial outburst on Twitter, but I thought to myself, okay, he was angry. It was fucked up. Let his blood fucking calm. Maybe he'll apologize or reword things or whatever. 
Uh, also, too, I think if you're going to be somebody that complains about the problems in a community, you need to com- you need to address those problems constructively and try to help offer solutions, not just yell from a hilltop about how fucked up it is and how you're pissed off about it. I don't think that helps anything. And that's that kind of addressing of a problem is what makes people start saying, what's what's going on with this guy? You know what I mean? It, it starts to sound like a very one-sided attack on something. Now, you can agree, or anybody could agree or disagree with that point, and we can even move beyond that point to, to this point, which is, after he went on that out, had that Twitter outburst, I was like, okay, that was unfortunate, but let's see what he says now. Then he went on Red Eye and was like, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. I am not sorry for what I did. And I was like, okay, this is starting to get a little bit more complicated now. And then after that, I mean, by the time he went on that like white nationalist radio show to like defend himself, I was just like, I, I, I don't know where this I is. I didn't hear that. Well... I saw it online. Uh, did that, you see a, a transcript, or did you hear it? There was a part. There was part of a transcript of some stuff he said, uh, but I found online because I was just kind of following the situation that he had gone on basically a white nationalist podcast or radio show or something. Uh, and it's like the guy, the host of the show, is on Wikipedia. He's got a Wikipedia page, and it was like the Wikipedia page was like, "This is a guy that has had like Holocaust deniers and shit on his show." Like your friend from Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> he was my friend. He was my neighbor, <laughs> and I didn't know he thought that until it came out that night. Hey, the Jews <laughs> exaggerate a bit, lad. <laughs> Always after me, lucky charms. By the way, if that guy had a radio show, I wouldn't have gone on it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw that, I mean. Can you can you guys look it up so you, like uh, it doesn't, you know? So I, not, I don't want to. I don't want to publicize any fucking white nationalists. Oh, okay, fair you enough. Know what I mean, so so um, anyway, so when I saw that, I was like, and saw some of Anthony's quotes from the show. I was like, this is this is getting fucked up. So do you think he just went off the deep end because he was angry and he was trying to publicize the whole situation, or do you think he's really racist? Like, what's your take on it? You know was, him probably as good as I know him. When it first happened, and I'm I'm gonna I'm putting this disclaimer out before I say anything. Uh, I am fully aware of the hellfire that I might face for not just saying I'm with the guy on this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm fully aware of it. I'm I've thought about this very long and very hard. I am aware of it. Um, I'm not, you know. That I, I'm just saying that. Anyway, uh, the uh, when it first happened, I was like, "This is really fucking unfortunate," and I want to believe that my friend fucked up, and I want to believe that my friend is is going to redeem himself from this. And the further it went down the road, and finally, for, for me, the last final straw was the shit he was tweeting about the Ferguson situation. I was just like, I can't. I unfollowed him on Twitter. I was like, I can't do this, man. And that's not me saying, fuck you, Kumia. Right. That's me saying, like, dude, you have the, he has the absolute right to say whatever he wants to say. I would never, ever, ever say somebody doesn't have the right to speak out loud about what they have to say. But I also have the right to react to it. And I also have the right to say, if that's how you feel about this shit, I disagree so strongly. And this is such a... This is such a, to me, an ethical and moral issue mm-hmm. when it com- when you start dealing with race. I don't know how we can pal around still. 
You know what I mean? Because this is this is this is beyond like po- political differences to me. You know, it's like once it starts getting into racial stuff, and I have to start thinking about what does it say to my black friends if I still hang out, you know, uh, with a certain person. I, I you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a real fucking tight spot at that point. Yeah. And I also didn't agree with. I also didn't agree with the whole thing where everybody was really on this like cancel your subscriptions thing and what and fuck opie and jim over fuck them out of a job let sirius xm lose all this business i mean those guys were 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 left in a in a really tough situation and they're making the best out of it and for everybody to to that was behind anthony to go yeah cancel your fucking subscription why well now why are you fucking these people over why what did they do they didn't do anything and it, it just was such a messy thing it was just such a messy thing and, and everybody was saying this is a free speech issue it's not a free speech issue speech is free freedom of speech is it's free but it doesn't mean it comes without consequences it works like a giant candy dish at your doctor's office it's there for the taking but if you don't handle it carefully or or or, or use with, with any responsibility you're going to get sick and fuck yourself up a little bit you got to be careful there are repercussions for free speech free speech just means you're allowed to say it it doesn't mean nothing bad can happen afterwards you know and, and so when people were were talking about like i can't believe that they fired him it's like well, whether you agree with him getting fired or not, you can't believe that they fired him. If you had a pizza shop and one of your top pizza makers was across the street saying that stuff and your customers could hear him, you'd be like, we get this fucking guy away from the pizza shop right now. This is bad for pizza business. So I don't see how SiriusXM is any different. Now, again, whether you agree with him getting fired or not is a different story. But to say we can't understand why he got fired, I just think it's such a closed-minded one-way one-sided way of looking at it i i I think this it was approached with zero gray area and um well on on one hand i i kind of appreciate their loyalty now that they want to stick up for anthony and they want to do that but there there are real issues when you start discussing race that you have to take into consideration and like this ferguson thing you know the ferguson thing is a very unique situation because it's an incredibly impoverished community with a lot of fucking crime a lot of crime and a lot of police brutality right like it's just an awful place it's awful and um it's not as simple as black people or white people i this is going to sound stupid but i wish there was no race i wish there was no color i wish there was no differentiation other than your behavior because if that was the case, we would we would be able to look at behavior, right. and we'd be able to be look at all of these people that are involved in tremendous amounts of crime. Okay, what are the variables there? What, where, what are the single parent households? What are the absentee parents? What are the kids that are growing up with drug addicts? What are the kids that are growing up with crime in their environment constantly? Right. You know what? Are, uh, yeah, that that's what's going on. It's not black people. Why I know fucking crazy white people. I grew up with a lot of poor white people that were insane. They're just as goddamn dangerous as anybody. Well, there's nobody that's less dangerous when it comes to poverty and crime. You know, it's like you get poverty and crime and bad scenarios and and children potential that's growing up 
in this really distorted and fucked up way, you're going to get crazy people. Sure. People that grow up with crime commit crime. People imitate their atmosphere. Sure. People who grow up in terrible environments, it's very difficult to rise above. And you can't just, you can't just say it's a black thing or a white thing. And just because it's in the black community more than it's in the white community... Look, man, you got to take into consideration that 150 years ago, there was slavery, okay? And the great-grandchildren of those slaves are the what, what you're dealing with today. And that's that's a real... And I'm not a fan of reparations or any of, that other, of those ideas that a lot of people banner back and forth, but I am right. a fan of what I would call social or civil engineering. Social engineering is probably not a bad idea to try to rejuvenate impoverished communities that... <laughs> are predominantly one race. Right. I mean, it seems to me that those places are a trap. And if you're born in those places, whether it's poor white Irish people that are fucking criminals and meth heads, or whether it's black people that you grow up and your parent, both your parents are in jail, you're being raised by your grandmother who sells crack, that's a terrible environment. Are, these are terrible environments yeah. that people are coming out of, and they're very commonplace. Yeah. That's the real issue. The real issue is children that grow up in these environments and become really fucked up members of society it has nothing to do with race just so happens that a lot of them are black i agree i agree and that's why that's why i think when statements start becoming things like that community is so quick to jump to violence and savages and statements like that it's but on one hand he's right on one hand, he's right statistically, but the real question is why are those communities more likely? And is it because they've been ignored? You well, know, our, as a society, we have a right, we have rather an obligation to to take care of our community, right? But how far does our community extend? That's where it gets really problematic because our community, when we think about America as a community, it's 350 million people that stretches out thousands of miles. It's impossible to get everybody on board. Right. It's impossible. If we had a community, and our community was 20 people, and there was one guy who had no fucking money, and he was doing a terrible job raising his kids, and he was on drugs all the time, and he, his kids were left alone, we would take that kid in. Right. We would all take that kid in. Right. We all would. But we can't when there's a million kids like that. And then right. those kids grew up, and they become adults, and they were, they were ignored, and there's no love, and there's a just, just, just disastrous circumstances that they're growing up in. Right. That's what's wrong. I don't believe that it's a color issue. I believe it's an environmental issue. I think it's a genetic issue in that the the genetics of the people that were in these fucked up environments, they're raising more people that are in these fucked up environments. It's epigenetics, learning from your environment. That passes on to the next generation. But it's not a race thing. It's just an environmental thing. It could be white people that are in poor neighborhoods like those gypsies in England. Those people are goddamn savages. Those people that are driving around those caravans, having bare knuckle fights with each other, robbing everybody left and right. I have a friend who... They're um, they're good friends in England. They're from England, and they have good friends in England that had to abandon their home because gypsies moved into a park next to their house. And when they have like these weird laws over there, when these gypsies show up, you know they're not all bad, I'm sure, but these particular gypsies that moved next to them were bad. They started robbing the neighborhood. <coughs> they started right. leaving their garbage everywhere. They would dig holes and shit in them. There was just chaos. They mm. would have they would stay up late at night and drinking and right. screaming and fighting and it was just and they couldn't get rid of them. There was nothing they could do about them. It had nothing to do with race. Right. It had 
everything to do with who are these fucking human beings. There were white people. Right. And there were white people that were completely fucking out of control. Right. But if you took those same white people, raised them in a nice neighborhood, you, you raised them in Studio City, put them in a nice suit, and have them uh, walk into their BMW, no one blink an eye. The same right. human being. Right, right. No, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I totally agree. I, can I go back to something you said yeah, earlier? Sure. Uh, the... When you said, on the one hand, you admire their loyalty for mm-hmm. for going with him... I think it's short-sighted, but... Well, I... I, here's my thing. As far as I understood, it was about that show. You know, I mean, the fan base, I mean, was mm-hmm. about that show. And about what that show stood for. And to me, nothing about saying fuck you to two other guys mm-hmm. and we're we're going to f- 100% going to follow one guy was anything that that show stood for it showed zero unity to me it just didn't it just didn't it to 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 throw two other dudes under a bus and go and have no consideration for the situation that they're left in you know i understand if you want to have consideration for the position anthony's in not saying they shouldn't have had consideration I'm saying, but to have zero consideration for the other two and go, fuck it, we're out of here. Canceled subscription. Well, that's the thing I didn't agree with. That just felt like it felt like mob mentality to me. I see what you're saying. What you're saying, but in their defense, I think what they were trying to do was there was only one way to force their hand, and the 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 way wasn't to sit back. The way was to cancel subscriptions until Sirius brought Anthony back because they wanted the show as a whole. So their idea wasn't to fuck Jimmy and Opie. Their idea was to cancel Sirius because it would force their hand and make them bring back Anthony. Prove a point. Yeah. That was the only thing that they could do. I mean, if you wanted to bring back Anthony, there was really no other way to act. But I never felt... Now, look, I might be wrong. How else could they have acted? Just, hey guys, this is this is fucking unfortunate. And Nobody we'll, listens to that. And you we'll, listen to economics. That's we'll, what people listen to. We'll also subscribe to this thing over here now. Do you know what I mean? Because, now, I, I might be wrong about this, but as far as I could see, it was never painted in the light of, of we're leaving and we'll be back if you rehire him. It was, fuck him, we're done. That, two days later, Anthony was like, I'm starting my own show. It was, and then, and for a week, two weeks, those subscription cancellations were coming in. Hmm. So it never, to me, once came across as, we're doing this now as a walkout, as a strike, and if you guys do the, what we think is the right thing, we'll bring him back. It struck me very immediately as, like, he's out the door, he's starting his own thing, these people are continually jumping ship, and... I just think that kind of sucks for the other two guys. And I'm, I realize I'm not speaking for them right now. I don't know how they feel about it. Um, and I don't mean to talk out of turn. No, I know, I know what you're saying. But I, I see what you're saying. But I think for them, I can totally understand why they wanted a boycott. Because I think for them, that was the only way to voice their opinion in a way where the company would be forced to listen. If the company had 50,000 people cancel their subscriptions because Anthony Cumia got fired, and then everybody said, holy shit, we just lost X amount of revenue. Um, can we get Anthony to apologize and bring him back? Boom, he's back on the show. Right. And he wouldn't have apologized, though. Well, um, no. But I think there could have been a way to... I don't think an apology was as necessary or as an explanation and a, a discussion. You know, I think if they had a discussion of the issue on Monday, he could have said the exact same things that he said in those tweets, but said them. And it's very different to hear someone say something, talk about being punched by, in the face by someone in the African-American community. See, but look, I got to take another position, too, because I don't think he should have been taking a picture of that chick without her permission. I don't think it's cool to be, if you're a woman... 
and this is gonna, I'm not a white knight here, okay? But hear me out. If you're a woman and some fucking dude on the street is pointing a camera at you and taking pictures, that shit's creepy. And maybe dudes don't think that way because they think they're innocent. They're just capturing. They would pre- prefer to be anonymous. I'm just capturing the city. I just love taking photographs. I think it's a beautiful city. It's interesting. It's fascinating. I like taking pictures of cabs. I don't get their permission. This is a person. They're just happening to be walking down the street. I'm going to take a picture of them. I disagree with that. I think, especially in the case of a man taking a photograph of a woman, men are p- traditionally the pursuers. I mean, that's we, we we're uh, we're liars right. if we pretend that there's anything other than that going on. Yeah, women pursue sometimes, but most creepers are dudes. Right. And yeah. when a dude is taking photographs, if I was a chick, I would immediately assume that he that he was a creeper. Right. So, in my opinion, this woman it was it was probably I don't know what the fuck was said. See, so I mean, I'm even commenting out of school. Well, that's the tough part. Is it becomes like the Watergate tapes? There's like this missing twenty minutes. Sort well, it's missing thing. all minutes. We don't have any time. Right. We have zero m- words. Right. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's it literally goes from I was taking a picture to I got hit in the face and called white motherfucker. This right? is how I you know I so, feel like this about the Zimmerman case too. You know, everybody was like, oh, you know, this is a clear-cut case. That guy was a piece of shit, and, you know, uh, George Zimmerman's an awful person, and that kid, you know, he should have been... Or then there's other people that said, that kid was a punk, he was beating him up, and he should have shot him. Right. My take was always like, what would have happened if someone was cooler and they talked to that kid? What would have happened with someone who understands people better? What would, I mean, what if the, the whole scenario had played out where it was a, a dude who's really good at communicating with people and very respectful and said to the kid, how you doing today, my brother? Everything good? And the kid said, everything's good, man. You know, what are you, what are you up to? You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe the kid say, just head back from the store, man. All right, keep yeah. cool, stay dry. You know, who knows? It's it's yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's exactly exactly like a, a fucking dork like George Zimmerman might have caused that altercation just by being a social fuckhead. Well, I think if you, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I I certainly thought so. I went I I I went I was open minded to the point of going. I understand if that the guy had his suspicions raised or whatever. But then when you listen to those cell phone calls and he's like chasing the guy around the neighborhood, it was so painfully obvious to me that here's a guy that just wants to be a hero. Here's a wannabe cop that wants to be a hero and shit got out of hand. He bit off more than he could chew. He got his fucking ass kicked by a kid and he ended up killing somebody over it. You know, and like somehow slid through that self-defense loophole because uh, uh, you know, seven. How old was Trayvon? Sixteen. Sixteen. Got on top of him and, and was beating his ass. Yeah, be, was beating his ass. But you know, look, th- it's like the Ferguson thing. Those two. All anybody was talking about was the first was was the was the video of the the guy, the defenders of the cop. All they were talking about was the guy, you know, shoving the guy in the convenience store and stealing the cigar, whatever it was. Right. Two white witnesses came out yesterday finally, and said, we saw the shooting, and his hands were up. His hands were up when he was shot. You know? So, now, regardless of this weird phantom gunfire shot that happened when the cop was in the car, whatever weird fucking altercation thing happened there, whether it was that dude's fault or the cop, whatever, regardless of any of that, the guy is getting chased, the cop is chasing him, if he's got his fucking hands up, you're a cop, dude. At that point, that's it. You don't shoot... You don't shoot yeah. a dude to death. You just don't. Well, the guy who was the cop that shot him was also a guy that was a part of another band of cops that was so fucked up. They had so many complaints about them that they disbanded the whole department. And then he got hired by Ferguson. Yeah. It's, so it's, he had a history of, of that kind of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's... 
So, you know, to to unless you don't want to talk about this anymore, but like, you know, to again with the Kumia thing, you know, look, at, at the end of the day with Anthony, and this is what why when I saw the Ferguson tweets, I was like, okay, okay that's it. I can't, you know, because when you see him, tw- he, tw- I don't want to get into what he was tweeting, but like the point is, is that I didn't. I harshly didn't agree with it. Well, I think he's it, a bit like, you know, I mean, I don't want to cast him in a bad light because he's my friend, but I think he's a bit like your friend that's a spurned lover. I mean, I think there's a little bit of that, of that he's fired by this company. He's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to go even deeper with it now. I'm getting even more crazy with it now. I don't give a fuck. No, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, he is. And, and it's, it's. I, I got to say, man, like, at the end of the day, um, I, the whole thing just makes me sad. And I know... At probably deep in his core, Anthony doesn't really give a fuck about what I think. We were friends. Uh, and, you know, like, we used to hang out. I was bummed out, man. I was bummed out that I felt like I got to a point with a friend where I was like, I don't think I can hang out with this guy anymore. And it really bummed me out. But did you talk to him in person? I texted this? him twice. What did he say? He, he didn't respond to the first one. The second one, he responded to me. Uh, and the second text I sent... I was a little pissed, honestly, that I didn't get a response from the first one. And then I texted him a second time, like two weeks later. And I said, hey, man, I don't know if you got my other text. But uh, the first text was just like, hey, man, you know, I know you're going through some shit right now. I'm sorry that you're in a tough position. And I just want you to know I had great times in the in the studio with you. And I wish you well, man. Like, I felt like I could say that much. Mm-hmm. To a guy, even though I didn't agree with the shit that came out of his mouth, I could say that much to him. I owe a lot of my career to Opie and Anthony and right. Jimmy. So that was the first text. I didn't hear back from him. And I was like, okay, fine. And then two weeks later, I texted him again. I said, hey, man, I don't know if you got my other text, but there's some guy online writing fake retweets of me saying really nasty shit about you. <laughs> I go, I'm not. That, those aren't my tweets. That's not me. And then he responded to that one. He was like, hey, man, I always knew we were cool. Don't worry about it. da 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 And I was like, oh, cool, man. Like, you know, let's have a beer at some point. Because in my head, I was like, this was still before the red-eye clip, or at least I saw the red-eye clip and stuff. And I was still thinking, like, this will turn around. This will turn around. That's what I just kept thinking. And after that, I started seeing all the other stuff. And that's when I started to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'll be honest, man. Like, what really bu- bummed me out one day was was he, like, kind of... He knew I was getting a lot of shit online because his name was in the tweets. And he never once told these people to leave me the fuck alone. But don't you think that he was... First of all, this was a national story. Okay, yeah. this is a huge story. Don't you think that he was probably completely overwhelmed and may very well have been ignoring his at replies because they were overwhelming? He said nice things about Burr. He said nice things about Bobby Kelly. He said nice... There's other comics. I don't remember. He said nice things about me. said nice things about you. He ignored you. Uh, he, well, he doesn't... Yeah. He doesn't like you. I'm much. not important enough. <laughs> so I'm not important enough. Seriously. That's, Do you think that's it or is it just like... Here's why I think that's what it is. Here's why I think that's what it is. Because not only did he not help get some of the fucking heat off of me, and there was a lot of it, um, when he finally did address me on Twitter, as people like Colin Quinn and... um, Who's the guy from uh, the Vice guy? What's his name? Uh, Which Vice guy? The... the, uh, 
God damn him. Shane? Shane Smith? Not Shane. The, the guy that left Vice with the beard. Uh, oh, the guy who got in trouble recently for uh, talking about transsexuals? Probably. Gavin something? Gavin. Yeah. Gavin and Colin Quinn were getting tweets like, Hey, would you please come do my new show? I'll send a car for you. Ha, ha, ha. DM me. Come do my show, please. My tweet in the midst... By the way... By this the way, is Anthony yes, tweeting them. Yes. You by, sound like a spurn lover now. Do you feel that? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just gonna say something. <laughs> a lot of spurn lover talk today. By the way, by the way, uh, some of my I guess anger about the situation is when you're sitting at your aunt's funeral, who was like a second mother to you, and your phone keeps buzzing because you're getting tweets like "You're a talentless, shit, selfish shitbag cunt. Stick up for Kumia." Okay, it's, well, you, you know, need to take those fucking at replies right, off your right. fucking notifications. You don't have your phone buzz when people tweet you. Right. What are you, an amateur? Right, but <laughs> maybe. Doug Benson. Uh, but my point is, is like, there was some <laughs> there was some personal stuff in there because I was like, I was like, right. I'm getting shit for not, this guy doesn't give a fuck about me, mm-hmm, okay. obviously. Like, he's doing whatever he wants. Well, Why I mean, am I being uh, held? Maybe he's just overwhelmed, man. You so, know I mean? you, you got to talk to a guy before you form an opinion, in my opinion. Well, this was the tweet I got. This was the tweet I got. Okay. Hey, fuckhead. From you? From from Anthony. Hey, fuckhead. Are you going to do my show when you're in New York? That's the tweet I got when he knew there was bullshit going on online. Then he calls me out in front of everybody like, you're on the spot, douche. Let's go dance. Are you coming on or not? And I responded, you know I'm 10% black, right? Because I thought that was fucking funny. Right. And nothing. Nothing. Okay. Not a favorite, not a reply, nothing. Very personal. Probably eh. shouldn't have aired it out in this manner. Why? You got all worked up. I'm not worked but up. But this is all just an interpersonal situation. We were talking about like a more complex issue of racism and you know the, what he said. Now and then it became all about him not being nice to you. No, no, I don't. You ca- <laughs> <laughs> did kind of. No, no, right? no. Little. It seems like you're taking Twitter way too seriously, mm-hmm. also. I mean, when, whenever I have a problem with Twitter, I either ban user ignore it or anything like that but it seems like you take your very uh or do you do you in your personal life before twitter and everything do you do you get in a lot of confrontations with people no no i don't i i i used to i don't a lot in my personal life i like i used to i used to be bad about confrontation i used to but the only reason i'm bringing in any personal stuff is because you were asking me when i said he doesn't give a fuck about me yeah, you, you know, talk like to the guy, man, you got to talk to him. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people are busy, man. And when you know? and when he said fuck face or whatever he said, it's like, hey, fuck face, are you going to do my show or whatever he said? Do you think maybe he was just like, hey, fuck face, when are you going to do my yeah, show? Yeah, that sounds it's, like a text I might get from Brian. Yeah, because it seems like you in your head were reading it like, hey, fuck face. Yeah, like, you I don't under- <laughs> You were all worked up. I mean, let's build it up. You were all worked up. Your aunt died. You're at the funeral. Your phone's busy. Buzzing, people are calling it's possible. You a cunt, it think. still doesn't change the fact that I wouldn't do the show. I mean, because you wouldn't do it because of that. No, because of the stuff he's. Yeah, but said. didn't you? I, I would do it, even though I don't agree with what he said, because he's my friend. And if we disagreed, I'd lot. Of, I'd like to disagree with him on air. Like you know, people that I'm friends with have a gr- op- opinions I don't agree with. And sometimes I've had opinions that are off base, and someone has sort of explained things to me in a way that's made me think about things in a different way. I don't, I don't know if Anthony's capable of being reached like that, but you know, sometimes you can I always, communicate with someone and say something that opens their eyes. I always, in the beginning of this whole situation, I absolutely thought that he was, and I have lost the hope of that. 
And I feel like at this point, for me to act like it, it's like I'm like, see, I feel like if I say this, it sounds like I'm judging you and I don't mean to be judging you right now. Like, but I feel like if I were to go on his show, it would make it, it would, um, unless it was under the guise of Joe, come on and we'll debate race. And it's like, okay, then I could go on and hey, doesn't matter what this guy thinks, I am allowed to do this. But if I went on the show, and let's say we didn't get around to debating race, now I'm sitting and we're just laughing and yuck it. To me, that looks like I'm giving a stamp of approval. Hmm. You know? And I, I can't. It's like, you know, it's... Okay, I could, I could understand your opinion. I mean, um, my uh, friendship with him is, uh, is pretty deep. I, I've really enjoyed doing that show, and I have a lot of respect for him, and I probably don't agree with him on a lot of issues. When it comes to race, especially because because I've I have these opinions about things being much much more complicated than simply black people do this, white people do that. I don't think it's that. I think it's right. a poverty. It's an economic. It's a cultural issue. It's an issue with people get stuck. They're stuck in bad neighborhoods. They're stuck in economic situations. And I think we probably both agree with that. Yeah. And Anthony um, has some very good points about the reality of statistics in these communities. I think it's a much more complex issue. But sure. his his um, issue is that people want to deny those realistic statistics. Sure. The reality of those statistics is undeniable, in my opinion. I just think that there's more to it than simply the statistics. Sure. And I think that society as a whole has done a really shitty job at taking care of the lowest social and economic rung of the ladder. I think people have ignored it because it's convenient because they don't have to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, you know, a lot of people accuse you of socialism if you say things like that. I've, uh, I, 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 you know, someone called me a socialist today because of that. I'm like, you know, look, if you think taking care of poor babies is socialism, yeah, I'm a socialist. But, yeah, well. You know I what I mean? I mean, it's just like. They didn't fucking ask to be born in the ghetto, man. And if you, you you can't feel that, you know, you don't you don't have any remorse or you know, any yeah. compassion for people that are born in terrible situations. To me, that's a that's a mark against you as a human being. I agree with that. I totally agree with that, which is why So why wouldn't you just have a discussion with him about it? Like to try to figure out how do you have a discussion with a guy that doesn't return your text no, okay, or doesn't get back to you? Okay, but if that, he by did, the way, but, you, but, but if he did, would you still? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if he did, would you have that conversation? Because you you yeah, just but, said that you thought it would give like him a stamp of approval. No, 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 no. That's not that's not what I said. What I said was, uh, I said I would go on. I would absolutely go on his show if the purpose him. was to discuss right. race. I wouldn't go on the show if that wasn't preset that we were going to do that because if we didn't get around to discussing race then we're just having a good time to get saying. you know what i mean and it's that's that's uh, it's just not cool to me mm -hmm. but you know i just pr look I, now here's the thing here's the thing and again i i want to well let me just say this to d defend myself a little bit i am not sore about the way he treated me i'm not upset say butthurt yeah i'm not butthurt thank you i'm not my my ass <laughs> my little assy poo doesn't hurt <laughs> Um, I like it. like, and I'm not trying to, and, and I'm in no way trying to air a grievance, a personal grievance right now on your show about okay. this in any fucking way. Okay. I, I only went into that stuff because you were when I started to talk about. I don't think he really cares what I think. Um, I had a, I had a friendship with the guy. Um, you know, when I reached out and tried to 
get to a deeper place with him about this and discuss, maybe have a discussion or whatever about Mm -hmm. this. Let's grab a beer. My let's grab a beer never received a response. You know, I didn't get the... Okay, let's stop right here because this this really is very personal. This is is not about the issue itself. This is you and him and your relationship, and I don't know what the fuck it is, but I think what they should have done from the beginning is say... We're going to ride our contract out. When that bitch is over, we're going to go on the internet. Do the Opie and Anthony show when our contract is out. I mean, I don't even know if they can say that, but their contract is out in like October. They know? might already be doing planning that. You know, I that. hope they are. Because I think that the reality of satellite radio is it's awesome because it's in your car. It's way better than terrestrial radio. You got Howard Stern. You got Opie and Anthony. You got all these radio stations that have... You know, have great music on them. Right. Find channels. You can find, you know, I love classic vinyl. It's great. I love listening to satellite radio, but you have to listen to what they want you to listen to. I don't listen to it. I have it in my car. Most of the time, I listen to podcasts. Right. Most of the time, I'm listening to Hardcore History or Radio Lab or, you know, any of our friends' podcasts. That's what I do most of the time. I don't, I don't, I just think it's an archaic way to get programming. It's this idea that you have to listen to what's on when it's on. I mean, that's great if you happen to be flipping through the channels or you turn on your car and Opie and Anthony comes on or the Anthony and Jimmy show, whatever they call it now, or Opie and Jimmy. When it comes on and it's an interesting interview, it's great. Right. But sometimes you just want to listen to what you want to listen to. And sure. it would be great if I could say, oh, look, Joe is on Joey Diaz's podcast. Let me just press play on that. Sure. And I have like a whole, like, or I could go listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger on the Nerdist or this and that, or, you know, whatever. You know, sure. That I think is the future. And I think that's the present also. And I think that once that's readily available in all cars at all times, the idea of them working for satellite radio would be kind of silly. Like, why would you choose to have a boss? When what is the difference between the distribution method of satellite radio and the internet? Nothing. I'll tell you what the difference is. There is a difference. Satellite radio is more restrictive. Well, yeah, more yeah, restrictive. Absolutely. It's more advertising. You don't get as much of a piece of it, and you got this massive overhead because you're attached to this gigantic company that's totally unnecessary. And you can get fired apparently. You can get fired for for talking, <laughs> and you you have to rent this giant fucking building. You I mean there's a fucking floor? You have to show ID. You go up to the whatever floor it is. It's way the fuck up there. Mm. There's all this money that's being spent. Where look at this fucking place this reaches the same amount of people or more really this show reaches more right. than most satellite radio shows and we do it from a fucking office park it's a yeah, joke I know. that that the, the future is the distribution method is changing and the distribution Absolutely. method i think it's being tested by these sort of situations where you find out that you could be fired for something totally unrelated to the show right it's not like they went on the show and he said something that the company can't like he went on the show and said something totally racist and the company's like you can't say that on our show you're fired no he said it on his own twitter you know at the very least they should have had some form of a debate with the guy but i think there's more to it than that, and I think when you talk about this uh, white nationalist radio station that he went on, I think there's a little bit of that there, too. Like, there might have been more to behind the scenes. Well, but, and this is, and, and I'm no way retreading or trying to beat a dead horse here, but this is why I'm saying I'm not trying to be personal. I agree with everything you're saying, but I'm saying how, I feel like 
I almost felt like he wasn't that open to having the discussion. Maybe he wasn't. So it's like, how can you, on the one hand, everybody, and this is what's driving me nuts about like this sort of blind, like, like I know what's going to happen. I'm going to leave here. I'm going to get a flood of tweets well, you tonight. You know why? You know why you're going to? Because I'm Cause saying you this. care. Well, no, you, I don't. You're freaking out because they know they can make your phone buzz. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm going to shut that part <laughs> off. <laughs> you should have shut off already. How much has it gone off while the show's on? A lot crazy. I got a, I got a confession to make. I lied. I don't have my Twitter alerts on my phone. I went outside during the funeral to get some air, and I checked my Twitter, and then I saw all the stuff. So, <laughs> oh, dare you. But I was trying to just get through the goddamn story. What was the last story. time it used to be on your phone? Oh, it was just uh, years. That's a big lie. Yeah, it was a big lie. <laughs> what do you glad want you, me? I'm glad you owned up to that. Yeah, Good yeah. for you. Um, um, but that's... And it doesn't... Bo- I mean, I guess, yeah, to, to a certain extent, it does bother me that I'll get some of these tweets and whatever. But... That, to me, is what bothers me about the whole discussion is because I feel like everybody's going, it should have been more open-minded. It should have been more open-minded. It's like, okay, well, I can speak from the place of somebody that was trying to approach it more open-minded, and I felt like I didn't – there wasn't an option to do that. I felt like that wasn't there. So Well, it's just because of your relationship with Anthony. Well, I, I mean, well, no, I also mean, like, just in the public discussion forums, like, the second you don't – you didn't – not you, but anybody well, generally. Saying, yeah. The second you didn't hashtag stand with Ant or come out and say something, you were a traitor and a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not open-minded discussion either. But like, you're talking about the pests. Why are you looking for open-minded discussion? Those people are savages. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I don't know. I, I guess I always think that because because like the, the, the shit heels are more prone to write stuff... Mm-hmm. Or voice the negative opinion than the positive people are to to voice the positive. It seems like the majority voice is that sort of negative voice sometimes. Well, they're more know? likely to fester and they're more likely to get crazy about it and obsess about it. Like I retweeted this one dude the other day about something, and I saw him going back and forth with people for thirteen hours. Yeah, he, that's I, nuts. I retweeted him, and he just was battling people all day. It became his life. I mean, it was every minute for 13 hours this guy was going back with people. There's folks like that out there. And you have to realize, you can get caught into their web of psychosis. Uh, <laughs> I was going to, sorry. No, I was going to say something off topic. No, go ahead. You want to talk about anxiety? Sure. Do you, do you know, this is, we're getting into this. This okay. is beautiful, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Okay. I like how raw this discussion is. Do you know the surge, the full body surge of anxiety I felt when you were like, let's stop there. This is getting way too personal. This is Really? Dude, oh my god. It felt like I stuck my finger in a light socket. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. I just we were felt talking like about we were beating on the same path over and over again and it was getting to be like, you know, he fucking didn't call me, you know. No, I didn't mean it like that. I was I was saying when you were saying, why didn't you have a discussion? I was saying I tried to and that was my attempt to and I didn't mm-hmm. get a response, so I don't know what else to do. Right. Um but then I knew you took it the other way because what you said, and then I went right back to the beginning. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> First time on Rogan's podcast. <laughs> Rogan doesn't like you. You went down no, this road. Dude, I, I, it I like you a felt lot. like I put my finger in an electric socket. No, well, get it out of there. Go get a Band-Aid. The, uh, I just, I'm just being 100% honest. No, but, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But it's, you know. It's a complex subject. It's well, tricky. Also, too, I want to, you know, I'm not, I'll talk about myself as openly as I'll talk about anybody else. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll beat my, I'll beat on myself as no, much no, as I, I would you ever will. go after I know anybody. you will. Yeah, it's, uh, look, man, you, people fuck up and they say things 
that are wrong. They say things that they don't mean. The real question is, did he say things that he doesn't mean? Did he say things? Was he upset? Or is that what he really feels? And if that's the case, then it becomes a real issue. Because if that's the case, if he denies that there's some complexities to it, but I don't, she, my, my interactions with him, my communication with him has not been that. My communications with him is, has been there is a real problem in those communities, but it's not his fault. And he's, what he deals with is the PC denial of these real problems I, in that community. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And that was always how it seemed to be, at least at the times when I was in the studio and stuff and would hear it. And when we hung out, I mean, dude, this is a dude, I can't stress this enough. I'm bummed about the whole thing, first and foremost, because this is a dude I used to have a great fucking time with. Mm-hmm. We would drink. Dude, I had so much fun with him. And it never got heavy, ever, 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 ever. So, like, uh, the... Uh, when I when when the discussions of this stuff would come up on the show when it when you're in the room, it sounded a little more to me like like what you're saying, um, like he's addressing that there was this problem. But then there was also the times where he would get real mad on the air, and even in those times you'd be like, okay, he just got a little hot today, and that's not that big of a deal. But then when all these things happened after the show, after he was fired from the show, that's when it started to feel kind of like weird to me, where I was like. Okay, well, was all that anger coming from a different place, you know, or... Yeah. I don't know, I don't man. Know. The, know, the radio yeah. show thing fucked me up. The white nationalist thing fucked me up. Yeah, well, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, you know, I don't know how to take that. Yeah, that's I mean, I know lighting how to someone's it. house on fire. I mean, that's like you break up with someone, you fucking burn all their records. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that I almost feel like it... I'm like... Maybe somebody's going to write later tonight and be like, "That's not true. That was a made-up thing." I don't. Maybe he was know. drinking. Maybe he was. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I would have to communicate with him. I would have to pay attention to what he actually said on that show. I didn't see it. I didn't listen to it. But the fact that he went on a white national show is not good. You know, like <laughs> isn't it funny? You know, this is a funny thing, man. Because. Uh, um, you know, I've been going back and forth with people because of something I said the other day on a podcast about John Jones, where uh, I said that I think that a lot of the hate that John Jones gets, it's possible that some of it might be because of racism. I said, I wonder if some of it might be because of racism. That sure. was my exact words. And people were, you know, said like there's headlines of things that said white guilt you know, Rogan thinks that, you know, this is, it's all because of racism. and It's a, it's such a hot button topic. Right. You know, if you bring it up in any form at all, you bring up racism in any form at all. Right. People just immediately, it's just a, it's a weird topic. It's a tough subject, which is why I think if you're going to address problems in a community, you have to also address potential solutions. Uh, I don't. And I don't think that happens often in the race discussion. I think the race discussion is almost always two sides attacking one one side on a hard blind attack and another side on a hard blind defense. And but there's like double standards. And here's one of them. <clears throat> the heavyweight champion of the world is a dude named Cain Velasquez. Awesome fighter, great guy. Boxing no, heavyweight UFC. Or, or UFC, UFC heavyweight okay. champion. Um and uh he has brown pride tattooed across his chest. Because he's Mexican. Brown pride. Could you imagine if there was a white guy who was the heavy... If Brock Lesnar won the heavyweight title and then got white pride tattooed across his chest? 
Yeah, but here's the difference. Here's to me. Here's the difference with that argument. Brown pride never meant the same thing as white pride. White pride has always been synonymous with white power. Always. That those two terms have never not been linked to one another. So you put white pride out there, it sounds like white power. People start going down that road, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy all about? Brown pride? When it's like, hey, man, I'm from a suppressed people, or oppressed people, excuse me, uh, and, and hey, man, I'm, pr- I'm proud of who I am. Nobody would have a problem with a white guy that's, where it said Italian pride or Irish pride. That's true. That's Nobody true. would have a problem with that. That's very true. That's very true. It's uh, overall white would be an issue, but that's true. If someone had Irish pride written on their chest, like if Colin uh, um, McGregor, uh, Conor McGregor rather, had uh, Irish pride on his back, he's a famous Irish fighter. Nobody would give a fuck. No, nobody would, ca- nobody would care at all. He's a proud Irishman. There's nothing wrong with that. He says he's a proud Irishman. Yeah, I mean, it's... English pride would be fine. Yeah. A- oh, anyone. Polish? Mm-hmm. German? Yeah. Maybe not German. German <laughs> would be a real issue. It'd be like, what are you proud about? Exactly. <laughs> our engineering, our cars. That's right. Okay, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Military accomplishments aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's... I mean, this whole... You, you, dude, it goes back to the thing you said about certain communities having to deal with uh, certain setbacks, right? I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth here. That's right. essentially what you said. Certain communities have had certain setbacks. Mm-hmm. The white community as a whole has not faced too many setbacks. It's just a fact. Yep. Most of global tyranny, uh, violence, genocide, whatever, has... a big chunk of it has been perpetuated by white people and white people have pretty much prevailed in the majority in in most of the societies that they have ever existed in not saying there aren't poor white people i don't agree with that whole white people problems bullshit you know i'm not saying that white people can't have a hard time uh and I'm not saying that there aren't people that aren't white that are as well off or way better off than a lot of white people right but if you want to speak in generalities uh, of race, white has had the least amount of headaches. So it's tough when the people that have had the least amount of setbacks and the least amount of headaches stand to the side and go, stop your complaining. Stop your complaining. Because then it starts to be like, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's like somebody going, you know, Joe... You know, man, you, 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 oh, did you take jujitsu when you were a kid because your upbringing was so bad? Oh, stop fucking, wa-. you know what I mean? Then you want to be like, hey, fuck you. You don't know anything about my fucking upbringing. I probably wouldn't handle it that way, but go ahead. But <laughs> but I, I'm saying it's, it would feel disrespectful if I spoke I know to you that saying. way. Well, that's a, I, I don't think the comparison is about, like a martial arts comparison because, yeah, I think the race issue is a bigger issue. Of course you it's know? bigger. It's, it's darker. It's more fucked up. And racism, to me, is one of the... It's one of the most unfortunate aspects of humanity. This idea of just uh, uh, seeing someone... Basing it on all the data that you've accumulated in the X amount of years you've been alive, all the bad experiences you've had with uh, white people or black people, whatever it is that you have a racism towards, and then automatically assuming that this person who you have no interaction with whatsoever is negative based on that. It's just so limiting, and it's so unfortunate. It's one of the most unfortunate aspects of being a person, so I can never support it. But um, 
I think it's a complex subject for debate. It's a very complex subject. There's a lot going on there. And anybody that pretends it isn't, whether it's Anthony or whether it's on the progressive side, you know, who, whichever side has a, a non-nuanced opinion on it, I think it's yeah, does a disservice I, to a complex topic. I have a, I have a real problem when the topic is addressed uh, with with the with the um, the approach of stop your belly aching. Yeah, that's it's just this, people fucking with you. You know, it's this simple. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's this simple, guys. Get o- slavery. Get over it. I mean, I've heard people say that. <laughs> I've heard people say slavery. Get over it. <sighs> I've heard Jewish people say, "Oh, I'm sick of hearing this. We were in the Holocaust," and it's like you guys were, and that's fucking terrible. But at the same time, guys, Jesus, I'm not saying all Jewish people say that, but like, I've heard Jewish people say that about black people. I've heard black people say, we don't give a fuck about the Holocaust. It's not just white people, is my uh-huh. point, or, right. you know, or, or the classic stereotypical white people doing this. It comes from all sides. Mm-hmm. You know, Italian people and Irish people will say it. Oh, big deal. We were in the ghettos when we first came here. It's like, yeah, but it's just, everybody's got their different, their different run through this, and there's a snowball effect that happens, and it's, it's complicated. Yeah. No, it's definitely complicated. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it it would be nice if we could just judge people on who sucks and then figure out why they suck. And then, but you know what, man? I wonder if it's even fucking possible to ever work it out. I I kind of feel like to the day humans stop, until the day we become something else. I just don't see how there's ever going to be a universal group of people that gets it right like like where no. anybody any culture ever like completely gets it right where there's no fuckheads there's no jealousy there's no bullshit there's no insecurity or nonsense or i think just... other countries on the planet have a shot at it really like i don't where? think this one has Who's a got chance. a shot at it? Iceland I, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere like, there's only like 100 people? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Canada might have a shot, you know? Like, like They do better than us, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think other countries might have a shot at complete harmony amongst people of any color, whatever. It will never happen here. It will never happen here. This country is built on a disgusting foundation. There are too many skeletons in the closet. There's too much dirt, too much pain. It's built on it's just built on too much pain and turmoil and and deceit and and whatever. And it's like when you start something like that, when you start the practice like that, steal the land, steal the people so we can prosper. It, how could it ever bounce back? Because that just will continue and continue and continue and snowball and snowball and snowball till you have these seemingly unfixable problems. Seemingly unfixable. And I don't say that to, uh, to, 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 to take hope away from anybody that's in a dire situation. I think all these things are able to be r- r- risen above on an individual level. On but, an individual level. On yeah. individual levels. But I mean, for God's sakes, it's like we have... You look at the situations in the inner cities because of all these different factors that we're talking about uh, and how it began and, and, and how it got to where it is now and everything. It's like, how could you ever in a million years rectify that? All right. Let me tell you this. What if you're, you're the president? Yep. President DeRosa. All of a sudden they say, we've decided to you know, start electing stand-up comedians. They, they, they have good philosophical points. Like, what would you do? What would you do to try to fix shit? Do you have any answers, or you just look at it and go, it's all fucked up? 
Do you ever like go past? It's all fucked up. Do you ever like see if I was going to do something about it? What would I do? I have a very hard time seeing past. I li- yeah. This is this would be my one suggestion. Uh, it would be strive for independent. Strive for individual success. Strive for individual success because when you try, everybody, everybody, I think. By just by default, I don't know what it is. I guess it's just survival tactics or whatever. We all sort of have that run with the pack mentality. You know, it's like when you're growing up, no matter what kind of neighborhood you live in, whether it's a suburb or the projects or in a fucking country dirt road on a country dirt road, excuse me, there's always the one kid that's maybe going places, and that one kid always gets the same advice. You want to go anywhere? Better stop hanging around with these fucking knuckleheads that you're running around with because these guys are going to hold you back. Why? Because for some reason in anybody's community, everybody the, the mentality, the notion is stick together. If you leave, you're, you're, that means you think you're better. That means you think you're different. We don't want... Dude, it happened to me and I'm from the fucking suburbs. So it's not just a, it's not just a thing you hear about in rap songs when guys are talking about people in the projects holding trying to hold them back it's a thing that happens all over so if i was the president i were the president i would say to people strive for independent success stop worrying about what's happening to the people or i'm not saying like in a callous way fuck the people around you be concerned about your community but strive for independent success because you're not going to be able to fix the problem from within you have to get out and fix it from the outside. And if enough people can get out and start to assist from the outside, then there's a chance. There's a chance at fixing this. There's a chance. He's trying to break up the neighborhood. That's what I heard. See? Just fucking DeRose is trying to break up the neighborhood. I was laughing with Ron on, from Ron and Fez about it, like like Philly. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, like we were just laughing about like when like trying to get out of Philly and like the suburbs around Philly and stuff, and like guys just being like, where you, where you going? We got, we got these sandwiches, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like we were laughing because it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, I, I would have people be so fucking passive aggressive with me, and and you know, like, it took years, and then like when I started to find a little bit of success in the business, people that I was friends with would say things to me like, "Fuck you, dude." Oh, really? Mr. Fucking Comedian's back in town. And it's like, this is just shit people do wherever you live. They don't always do that, though. There's a lot of people that don't do that, but... I know. It, it, there's, oh, there's a little bit of that crabs-in-a-bucket shit going on the East Coast. Yes. East Coast more so, I think. And I, 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 we've talked about this before, but I believe it's because they're the children of immigrants. That, like, almost everyone on the East Coast... Is like the grandfathers or the great grandfathers came over from Europe or some other country, landed on the East Coast and stayed there. Whereas by the time people got to the West Coast, they're a bit more progressive. People more wanderlust, more people like looking for different options. See, I don't totally agree. Why I not? think it happens here in a very different way. How's it happen here? Uh, I think here there's a there, there there's a massive, um, I'd say almost bleeding heart uh, liberal mentality. And at least from what I've from what I've experienced here, um, as being somebody who needs to sort of assimilate into this system that's here, you know what I mean? Like I'm not to a point in my life where I can kind of just go off and do my own thing and and be okay. Like I still need to like meet the right people and 
and kind of work my way into the system and, uh-huh. and all that stuff and, and familiarize myself with them. And I find that there is a very, 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 like I said, almost bleeding heart mentality here. And it feels, it feels like the same thing to me except in the other direction. Where it's like, don't go against the pack. Don't say that. Okay. Don't you dare say that. Because Let me that's... just clarify. You're talking about show business. Well, in my L.A. experience, but I, I think the city itself, I think the Cal- at least Southern California, I think there's a certain common mentality that exists here. Like, hey, you can't act that way. That's too ed- edgy, meaning on edge, not meaning you're saying edgy things. Well, you, but you're ma- the majority of the people that you're communicating with are show business people, though, right? Ah, uh, probably, yeah. The problem with the show business that you're communicating with, you're talking about like people on television and things along those lines, is that there's a lot of people trying to get people to hire them for things, trying to get people to cast them in shows, trying to get people to give them deals, trying to get people to like them. Right. And the way to get people to like them is to subscribe to whatever popular opinions these people subscribe to. And in show business, it's almost universally liberal. And that's one of the things that people like Charlton Heston or uh, John Voight or Clint Eastwood have always complained about. That right. These are the rare Hollywood conservatives because everyone in Hollywood is liberal. And I think that that's, there's some valid discussion to that. But I think it's also the nature of the beast itself where you want people to like you. You want people to accept you. And there's a lot of fake fucks out here because of that. Because the business itself, it, it sort of rewards fakery. It rewards conformity. And the conformity, a lot of it is this sort of left-wing liberal thinking. So, and what I'm, what I'm saying is, and I agree with you. That's how they get work. And I agree with you. Uh... What I'm saying is, though, I think that mentality exists everywhere. It can, sure. That I want people to like mm-hmm. me. You're, it's, it's survival. It's survival. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's. Yeah. You know, I think it was a, like there's a Carlin line where he says, "Species first, in, first interest is always survival." Uh, so, like, you know, I think I just think that's a thing. Every it's 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 why whenever any one of us is at a party and we're outnumbered in opinion, whether it's a political discussion. Or, or a fucking discussion about people think Katy Perry's the best. Whatever. That's when you just have to just walk away. Well, no, sure. <laughs> but the best what? She's got great tits. <laughs> We're done. We're basically done. <laughs> but you won't walk away, sure. But I'm saying, like, most of us feel that that you tense up and you go, I don't want to say I don't really like Katy Perry's tits. Because now everybody in the room is going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Do you hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, I I'm, just, I, I don't know. I, is it, it might be putting too fine a point on it. Sorry. Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. I know what you're saying. There's, a, there's definitely a strong urge to conform. It's part of being a human being. And yeah, you're right. It's part of like, the only way you can ensure your survival is that you're a part of a group. I mean, that's, that's ingrained in our DNA because at one point in time, that's how we survived when marauding tribes would come into our villages. You had to stay united as a united front. And I think there's, it's a stronger urge in these places where, you know, like in Philly and places along those lines where, you know, these communities stay intact. Whereas in L.A., there's more wandering. L.A., everyone's transient. They came here from another place. They move around. And I don't think it's the same thing. But there's definitely, like Brian posted that thing up. I don't know if you saw it, but they, they did a Twitter map of hate speech. East Coast to West Coast. And racial yeah. uh, and homophobic. Yeah, look at it. And it, it look at it. It's, it's overwhelmingly East Coast. Yeah. Okay. Overwhelmingly. And I personally, this is just my own theory, it's probably like Michael Jackson doesn't have any balls theory. It probably sucks. But I think that a lot of that has to do with the spread of immigration and that 
my own experience with immigrants. My grandparents were immigrants on both sides, and I grew up in you know New Jersey and then in Boston, and right. I grew up around a lot of immigrants, uh, people that you know were children of immigrants or grandchildren of immigrants. And I think that that's a lot of what happens. I think there's just uh, there's a trap. You know, and it's not as bad as a trap that's in the impoverished black communities, but it's still a, a very similar trap. Sure. As far as a behavioral trap. Sure. People are fucking strange, man, because it took a lot of work to get to 2014 with all the rhinos and lions and fucking poisonous bugs and all the shit that's out there that could fuck you up. Sure. It took a long time and a lot of work for us to get to where we are today with lava lamps and laptops and right. shit. You know, we had a... We had to get our way through a lot of things. And we had to stay protected while we innovate. You know, here's a crazy thing. I just totally off subject, but I think we've beaten this to death anyway. Um, <laughs> they found a huge underground reservoir recently that holds three times as much water as the Earth's oceans. What? Yeah. How's that possible? It's well, this is on. It's on fucking Nova. Okay, this is a PBS website that has this. This is. A, it's unbelievable. This is an unbelievable discovery. It's a study that was published in uh, Science Magazine that Earth's water may have been there all along, oozing out gradually from the rock deep in the crust that was pressed up by intense heat and pressure below the surface. Because a lot of our theories about how Earth became so covered in water was that uh, it was was comets right. was comets mm -hmm. that comets when you see a comet streaking across the sky what you're seeing is melting ice you're seeing enormous you know miles wide chunks of ice that are flying through space and the trail the tail of the comet is Gosh. is actually ice um being you know evaporating with as these things fly through the air so this is um this new study um that they uh have found uh, this water in these subterranean um I, I, I don't know how it I don't understand it this it's it's called subterranean wood woodite ring woodite r-i-n-g-w-o-o-d-i-t-e I don't know what that means uh, a deep blue mineral chemically similar to uh, peridot p-e-r-i-d-o-t a green mineral often used in jewelry and that it's it's been found in meteorites, and this ringwoodite came from the transition zone between the upper and lower mantle, about 400, million mi 400 miles below the Earth's surface. It's about 15% of the weight of this stuff turned out to be water. And uh, if a lot of this, it says if a lot of this water-heavy mineral existed underground, scientists reasoned that there might be enough water to explain where Earth's oceans came from. And so then they started doing these studies and tried to figure this out, and they found this insane amount of water below the Earth's surface. Okay. This is incredible. What are they, they going to do with the water? I don't know. I don't know. The layer holds three times as much water as all the Earth's oceans combined. It's incredible. So, so re it reduced the, um, the – this, right now people think that the Earth is 96% water. All the no or ninety six percent of the water is in the ocean. Now they're saying it's only twenty four percent of the water wow. on Earth is in the ocean. Really? Yeah. Is there? I wonder if there's any uh, life in that water. That's I don't like, think so because I think what they're saying by this, they're saying this ring woodite stuff. It's that water is compressed in this minerals in these minerals. See, it's this is the exact way they word it. Obviously, I'm an idiot, but bear with me. Northwestern University professor who led the study found water in subterranean ringwoodite, 
a deep blue mineral chemically similar to peridot, a green mineral often used in jewelry, until a sample turned up in 2008 in a diamond coughed up from a volcano, ringwoodite had only been found in meteorites. The ringwoodite came from the transition zone, blah, 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 blah. If a lot of this water-heavy mineral existed underground, so this water-heavy mineral is what contains all this water. So I don't know if they can get it out of the water. See, it sounds like, you know, you would, you would hear that and you would say, oh, there's like rivers under the, the ocean. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're saying that. I think what they're saying is this water-heavy mineral is so dense in the Earth's, under the Earth's mantle that the, w- the amount of water in it is much more than the amount that's in the oceans. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, they're, lear- you know, they're learning shit about the Earth, just the Earth, the thing we live on. They're learning things every day. It's, there's, all the data's not in yet. It's, uh, it's, I find it incredibly overwhelming, like... You know, we just had that really long discussion about race and how complicated and how deep that all is. And that's just a discussion pertaining to people in just this country, not even the people of the entire world. And now we're into a discussion about how we're learning about the actual earth. And now there's three times more water here than we thought there was, whatever it is. And it's so fucking over, like that discussion into that news piece it's. I literally have the same feeling I had when I was at the Grand Canyon, and I was like, I don't even exist. This is like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I've never felt more like a speck of dust right now. There, it, I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed. I really mean that. Well, then they keep finding these Goldilocks planets, these planets in the Goldilocks zone that are they're capable of supporting the same type of life that exists on Earth. I mean, scientists say that life can exist in a bunch of different ways that they never, they never thought before. Like, they're finding life in these volcanic vents deep, deep, deep in the ocean where they never thought that any being could survive the extreme temperatures. You know, they're, they're, they're essentially like living off lava and the, and the ocean floor. You know, these vents are giving birth to these weird kind of uh, life forms. What are the life forms like down there? Uh, some fucking creepy things, some creepy plant life and weird animal life. But they found a new type of mushroom that was recent. Uh, it's a recent study, new mushroom that defies classification. It's a new type of life, and they just found it. But with the animal, the, the lava animal thing, when you say animal life, do you mean literally animal life, or do well, you mean you know, like microscopic, microscopic things, stuff, things yeah. that are alive? Like this deep sea mushroom that they found. This is a new one that they found. Um, this is uh, off of the BBC Science and Environment page. There's a mushroom-shaped sea animal discovered off an Australian coast that has defied classification in the tree of life. So this is a new type of life form that they found. This is fucking crazy shit, man. You know? Finding something like this is extremely rare. It's maybe only happened four times in the last 100 years, they're saying. They don't know what it is. They're like, what the fuck is this stuff? It's like it's not quite a plant. That's fucking wild. Jesus Christ. That's literally Star Trek shit, like mm-hmm. when there would be plants with like mouths and eyes. That might be the beginning of something like that. Well, you know, if you think about plants like Venus flytraps and shit like that, where they have carnivorous plants. Right. Like, at what point is a plant an animal? I mean, when plants start fucking closing in on flies and eating them, yeah, I get it, it's a plant, but that's a predator. The thing lays traps and it actually has action. It moves. I always wanted one of those. Those are dope. 
Do you have one? No, but I should get them now that I bring it up. I had one. I had one. It died. I remember what happened. And what do you do? How, what do you, you, you have to buy like house. flies to feed it? Yeah, you have to have a shitty house. otherwise you'd be in rude it's like you wouldn't have a cat and not have cat food you know if you have a venus fly trap you can't just fucking water it you gotta throw some flies in there i wonder what you do do you get buy dead flies Yeah, you probably buy dead flies to feed it or some kind of like larva to feed it you'd have to hope that somebody left a window open otherwise but how cool would that be I, I'm such a jackass. I keep looking at the fucking screen, and then it... it yeah, that's why I tell people... Sh- that's why I've been asking you to shut these off lately. The, uh, There's a sorry. plant that... That's all right. There's a plant that eats rats. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. No, there's a plant... I believe it's in the Amazon. It's uh, It captures rats. It captures rats? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it eats mice. Yeah, um, Google it, Brian. Wow. Rat-eating plant. There's a video on wimp.com. Don't play the video, because otherwise we'll get another fucking strike against us on YouTube. What do you mean? So, oh, it's so bizarre. Every time we uh, play videos or things, it's like there's all these weird... Is it supposed to be fair use, like when you're discussing something online? It, it fits the boundaries of fair use, the definition of fair use, but people can still debu- dispute it. Right. You know, it's fair use. Yeah. And then they put a hold on your YouTube video, and if it goes against you, you get a certain amount of them, they can pull your videos sure. down. It's just fucking stupid. But that is stupid. There is a plant. Um, it's a carnivorous plant. It eats frogs. It eats mice. It eats all kinds of different shit. Really? It, yeah. If you just Google it, it's called, here's a fucking name and a half, right? It's, uh, Ew, oof, is that it's it? Called, yeah. It's called Nepenthes... Atenborogi. Is it possible that you could put it up on the screen and not put it on the screen where the people at home see it? Can you do that? Meaning we watch it, but they yeah. can't see it. Yeah. 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 This just if you want to Google it, folks, just Google uh, "plant that eats rats." I That's sh- what I did. Swear it's to- fucking incredible. I swear to God, I thought you were yelling at him for a second, and I got super uncomfortable. What do you mean? Uh, for a Just second, now? when you went, when you went, is it possible for? You? And I thought you were going to be like, is it possible for you not to fucking keep turn- switching the screen? I thought that's what you were going to do, and I was like, oh Jesus, I don't want to see this happen. You're full with anxiety today, dude. I am, I am. You know, you get a lot of massages. <laughs> no, you I get should, no massages. You should get massages every day. You should smoke s- s- weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Yeah. Uh, I don't no, dude. If I look at this rat eating plant, man. No, the folks at home can't see this. No. What are they seeing? Just They're us. Your logo. Oh, okay, good. So this is the fucking plant. I guess it's growing here. Is that what's going on here? Yeah. yeah this is it growing up. So it gets to a certain size, and when it gets to a certain size, um, it's it's completely carnivorous. It eats frogs, mice. It captures them. It opens up like this. This thing, and I believe it has like a, a sweet fermented uh, smell to it, and these things go in it because they think this is like some food in there, and, Ew. It, and it jacks them. Is that a snake, or is that no? That's no, that's its like tentacles or whatever the fuck it is. Jesus Christ, this is literally like little shop of horror shit. Yeah, it is. It's like invasion of the body snatchers type shit. That thing is fucking nasty looking. It's enormous too. That's the the weird thing about it. It's it's an enormous enormous thing. It's, that that literally looks like a Star Trek plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think that it would be like from Avatar or something yeah. like that, right? But it is a real thing. Thank you for having a more re- recent reference than Star Trek. I mm-hmm. keep that's my that was the best sci-fi. I'm terrible sometimes with references. I want to. Now, is it going to show a rat go into it? Yeah, yeah. It will eventually show uh, something go into it. I forget. I've I've seen this video. 
but there's a bunch of videos of them online. Um, these are uh, they're fairly recent discoveries too. I, I don't think they discovered it until the 2000s. Yeah, here it is. May 2010, the International Institute for Species Exploration at Arizona State University selected this plant as one of the top 10 new species described in 2009. So in 2009, they started uh, finding that this thing's a real plant. <laughs> I don't understand how we didn't know about a plant till 2009. Oh, there's a lot of plants we still don't know about in the Amazon. That's incredible to me. Well, the Amazon is so fucking big. You know, when you... if There's a weird distortion thing when you look at... Um, any sort of a, a map, you know, like, have you ever seen, like, a realistic interpretation of the size of continents? Uh, no. Yeah. See if uh, we could find that, Brian. Realistic. I'm learning a lot today. Yeah. Realistic size of continents. Do you just read this shit, like, constantly? Yeah, I got problems, man. No, I don't. I'm not criticizing. No, but I do. I have problems. Um. <laughs> it's not a problem. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm envious of your knowledge of all this stuff. I really wish that I had a... I don't know anything about sports. I know nothing about sports. I asked you before if that guy was the boxing champion that you mentioned. Oh, Cain Velasquez. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Uh, the uh, I, I, I wish I knew. I find this stuff so interesting, and yet I never remember to read any of it. And then I start to try to look it up, and I can't remember. Yeah, and... look, look how fucking big Africa is. You can fit a whole United States in there, and a China, and an India, and a Italy. Like that fit everything in Africa. But but how the maps were drawn for reasons, uh, it just appears smaller. Yeah. Holy and, shit. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's just that's the the rainforest in the Congo and the African rainforest. But there's also the South American rainforests. They're massive. The rainforests in Brazil and Peru and down there. I mean, there's so many plants. And that's one of the reasons why these pharmaceutical companies keep going down there to try uh, to explore and find out new plants that can provide, you know, new drugs and for good reasons for cancer medications and cure diseases and things along those lines. And also, there's some of them that they, uh, they're, they're using for, like, they're trying to do research on this ant. There's an ant called uh, the bullet ant. One of the most painful stings in the world, but it uh, it doesn't just sting you. Um, oh, not the bullet ant. Caps your ass. That's it. Really fucks you up. That one fucks you up. They're using that. They're trying to use that for something else. Uh, I got it confused. It's actually the Brazilian wandering spider. I was going to bring up the Brazilian wandering spider. So it's so fucked up. It stings you. It's in the jungle, of Brazil. It stings you and gives you an unbelievably painful erection to the point where if you survive, where a lot of people don't, if you survive, your dick is broken forever it'll never work it again really? you, it redlines your dick <laughs> and it works in the same sort of way like viagra works where it it, it gives you nitric oxide it, pr it produces some massive amount of nitric oxide in your body so all of your muscles become incredibly painful like just just massive agony like think of like your whole body just just redlined all the time and your dick your dick's hard as fuck mm. and it breaks it breaks your dick so but you don't orgasm like no during this ever process. again i mean maybe if you stuck your finger up your ass while it was going down you might be able to pull something off let's not make it gross. wouldn't be happy <laughs> wouldn't be a happy coming uh it'll be the last one yeah the uh that's fucked up what's that thing called it's called the brazilian wandering spider and so these pharmaceutical companies are trying to figure out how to make that the new like super viagra how to take, not that they need it, like, doesn't Viagra work? Can't they just move on? <laughs> right. And the reason Jesus. is, it's like they want to have something that's new, 
You know, it's like there's competing forces. Like there's Viagra, then there's Cialis came along. We last longer. And then, you know, there's other ones. Yeah. We don't give you as much of a headache. And then there's this one and that one. And they're always trying to find some new one, but they're trying to figure out a way to use this evil fucking murderous spider's venom and get your dick hard with it. It's like that old <laughs> it's like that old Leary joke about cocaine or crack. He's like, only this is the only country where cocaine wouldn't be fast enough. Mm-hmm. Somebody needed something faster. But that's how it is with those with those penis drugs. Mm-hmm. It's like how much fucking stronger and faster does this need to get? How much harder does the, your dick need to be? It's an unnatural Yeah. Erection. I don't mean just because it's caused unnaturally. I mean, the type of erection you get from it is fucking unnatural. <laughs> That's great. You know? Well, it's also if you found that, like if, say, they found that, they've isolated components in plants that can give you that. What else is out there? Is there something out there that makes kids grow taller? Is there something out there that cures autism? Is there something out there that makes your hair grow back? Is there something out there that, you know, there's, there's so many hundreds of thousands of plants that are undiscovered. I mean, there's just areas where they just don't go. There's people don't get to. The density of the rainforest is just so incredible. I'm 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 absolutely amazed that this spider, the wandering spider, can do this to you. And scientists are forget like that it's even stronger than Viagra, but like that scientists are like, let's fuck with that. <laughs> let's see what we can get out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? Like it's just no, leave that thing alone. It's the worst thing in the world. Leave it alone. Don't try to. Unless you're going to try to make some kind of bio weapon with it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, it's one of the worst. Um, apparently, one of the worst stings you can ever get. One of the most toxic venoms that uh, they've ever discovered. A lot of people die from it too. That sounds horrible. What a terrible world. That's one of the things I don't like about the West Coast. Is like there's a much higher concentration of like poisonous spiders and shit out here. That was never a thing on the East Coast. But I saw, like, I had a black widow in my house one day, and I was just like, what the fuck? Twice now in my house, I've killed spiders that have, like, clear spots on their tail. Ooh. Or not tail, but you know what I mean, the, the butt part, whatever that's called. What's that? One of them was a fucking black widow. It had a big fucking dot on its back. A red, big red thing underneath it? Was it was red or white. I can't remember which black widow, which the black widow is, but whatever it is, it was that. Yeah, they fuck with you. I mean, they don't fuck with you. You have to, like, get near them and scare them for them to sting you, but they're goddamn everywhere out here. Yeah. Oh, dude. Black widows are all over the place. Uh, my back porch is literally, you can find 20 of them and just sitting down. They're everywhere. There's, I have so much trees and spider webs, and what sucks is that night I'll go out and have a cigarette, and I've walked through so many spider webs that I, I, I'm surprised that I... Did you ever get bit by one? I probably. I had only. I have to have. Well, isn't a black widow like very poisonous? I think the brown widow is. I, I don't know. I, I know one of them's more poisonous than the other. I my fr- my ex girlfriend's dog actually died from getting uh, bitten by one of the widows. Jesus Christ! Are uh, we allowed to go to the bathroom on this show? Yeah, go yeah, pee, yeah. man. Go <sighs> pee. It's a- We'll talk about phones while you're gone. Like, as you're talking about the hardest dick of all time, I have, like, a He's piss boater almost. He's going to jack off in there. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think he is. Look at him. He's excited. He's going to jack off to alleviate anxiety. Did you uh, check out the new iPhones and the new watch and all that stuff? Yeah, they look pretty cool. Did you hear about the Macworld staff? Got Almost all of them got laid off today. They they worked. They had to work like crazy covering the launch of the new phones. Right. And then today, like, everybody got laid off. The biggest Apple News day of the year and they laid off like almost the entire staff well it's so uh, th- i mean that's that's ridiculous but w- 
it's amazing that they even lasted this long. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, because it's a magazine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's magazines are so pointless. You nowadays. have to print it. Yeah, by the yeah. time you buy Macworld right now, it's not talking about the new iPhones. It's not talking about all the news in the last month, even probably. It's okay. It's going away. What they're saying is Macworld.com will still continue, but Macworld print is gone. That's it. Economic reality of running a print publication. You know what they should do? Bring back silent movies. I heard they're making a comeback. Do you guys know how to make smoke signals? Sell smoke signals. <laughs> yeah, they're going away. Why is everybody sad? It sucks that those folks lost their jobs, but they should just trans. They, what they should have done is just transition those writers into uh, the MacWorld.com thing. They should have worked on it. They were valuable employees. And, you know, everybody's pissed off. A lot of people are pissed off because they made these people work really hard and go crazy to. Um, you know, to 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 launch this new product and to cover the launch, and that uh, you know these people had this grueling day of marathon iPhone coverage, and then they fired them. Yeah. They also were geeking the fuck out. They're like, "Dude, we're at the Apple event. This is so cool. Let's take pictures and call it a job." Yeah, there's always <laughs> going to be a little of that, right? There's going to be a little of that. What I find interesting is the new. Uh, payment plans that that they're introducing with this new iphone where you're pretty much not going to have a credit card anymore you're not going to have your bank cards anymore. Yeah. you're just waving your phones and it's it's sending out a unique number to the cash register it's almost like a, how it bitcoins are where it's 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 interesting uh, but it does it have to work where um the people at the cash register have to have a device to pick it up is that what it is yeah, yeah. but uh, do they have that already for androids for a, mm, i don't know but but before the launch, they uh, they Apple is working with all the biggest like credit card companies like you know Chase and mm-hmm. Capital One and all that. So uh, a lot of big stores already have it. Um, I know like um, there is versions of it that's existed already. Like yeah. when I pay at Starbucks, I use my phone, you know. But it right. scans it. This is inside the phone. I think it's called near frequency NFS or something like that, where it sends out a signal. It's actually like huh. a little local radio based i wonder like if it has a a limit could you buy a car like that could you go to a ford dealership and pick up a Mustang? you'll have your credit card your amx american express black or whatever you you know have wow you would have it on your phone that would be dope as fuck to buy a car with your phone yeah i don't even know why i want to buy a car with my phone (laughs) but i want to buy a car with my phone that seems so ridiculous so they're 4.7 inches and 5.5 inches of the new iPhones? Yeah. It's Congratulations. You finally caught up, you <laughs> fucking idiots. You should have done that a million years ago. Jesus Christ. They're, they're fucking iPads. They've advanced the sync technology, which is nice, with that like pass it off feature. Put that back up, yeah, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to try to find a better... Uh... The f- so the 4.7 inch, this is what, 4 inches? The, one, the 5S? 4 inches? Yes. And I have a um, Samsung Galaxy S5. Which is only uh, it's five inches. Yeah, that's fi- that's 5.5, I believe. That's fucking giant. That's as big as what I had. I used to have the Note, which was like five seven, I think. Right. Yeah. Somewhere around then. The I think the Galaxy's five five or five three. It's bigger than the new iPhone. I did a comparison. The, the Galaxy's bigger. The Note or the um, well, both. The Galaxy S five. Well, the Galaxy is bigger than the regular iPhone 6. The iPhone 6 Extra Large or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it's called, the Deluxe, right. I think is either the same size as the Galaxy or a little bigger. Put that up again so I can see it. Yeah, I'm trying to find better ones. But I yeah. did a side-by-side with the regular new iPhone 6 
And the Galaxy S5. Well, the good thing about the big one is that it's supposed to have two hours more of battery life. Yeah, the battery's way better for some reason on Motherfuckers, the Motherfuckers, they always get you with the big one. Well, but, you know, they've been saying this for every fucking iPhone that comes out. They go, the battery's better now. And it's, no, it's not. It's never been better once. It is better. The issue is that you have more need for juice because you have 4G, LTE, and 3G, and you know Wi-Fi and all that stuff. Things are more intensive, like programs, games. They just use more juice. So the batteries are better, but it depends on what you're using them for. But they never break it down like that. Uh. They always go, like this new one, they go, this new battery, 11 hours of video watching time. It's like, yeah, no, that's what you said the last two phones, and it's never that. Yeah. And then when you complain, they go, well, see, because you're, you're Bluetooth. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck well, you, Apple. There's a lot of reasons. One of the biggest reasons is if you don't have good service in your house, and it's always searching for signals and stuff like that. Yes. Wi-Fi yeah. and, th- and, and all that stuff is the thing that drains you out. Because mm-hmm. you'll have your Wi-Fi on your phone, and then you'll go to Chili's, and so the whole time it's like trying to search for Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize that it's just draining your battery. That's, it's, it's amazing what just simple like turning on airplane mode or uh, does to your, you, you know, or yeah, that's turning true. off Wi-Fi, turning off Bluetooth, turning off... You know, yeah, some yeah, people no, turn right. off 4G, right? And they yeah. just use 3G. Yeah, that's dumb. It's so what about your cunts? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible if you try to go online with 3G now, you're so spoiled. Yeah. Aubrey, my friend Aubrey has a Tesla, it's fucking dope. It's the most ridiculous car, those, those crazy electric cars. And uh, is this the phone? Yeah, he has a crazy electric car, and they're not, we're not showing that where we get pulled, are we? No, no, this is just for us. Yeah, um, his uh, Tesla, his car has a giant screen man this huge screen it's like a laptop like a bigger than a laptop it's like an iMac that's in the middle of the console and that's where everything is it doesn't have any buttons everything is all touch screen on this thing and you talk to it like he could say play Joe DeRosa comedy and it'll go to Spotify and it'll go why (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna come over there and hug you like we were in the car, and he he said, uh, "Came come up with a, a you know say anything." I go, "Arctic Monkeys." So he goes, "Play Arctic Monkeys." It goes, finds it on Spotify, brings up a list of songs. He presses play, and it starts playing an Arctic Monkeys song. But it's three G, and I was like, "Where's the four G, bitch? You ain't got it. For, no four G up in this motherfucker." That's a, that's yeah. no G. Three G is like kind of slow. Three G is no G. Here's what the here's the it's talking about the new camera that's in the in the iPhone. But here's interesting uh, here the new payment thing check this out iphone 6 we're introducing apple pay hmm a fast pay easy secure ID. mobile payment i don't think this pay thing is it's a great idea i think it's awesome and you can pay with your cars. dick because Super if you pay, use your thumb for thumb recognition right. you can use your dick for There's dick no recognition apps, it'll find the unique pattern on your skin of your cock and then you could buy things with your cock. Listen, yeah. it's, 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 it's... Did you not hear me? No, I heard you. I've been rubbing my <laughs> dick on my phone for years. <laughs> no, but What do you think's bad about it? Uh, I remember years ago, Burgos, uh, he goes, they're moving it all the phone, dude. They're moving it all the fucking phone. And then the second the government decides they want to shut you down, boom, you're done. Because it's That's all true. the... Tri- and... It's happening now. I used to be like, you're nuts. What are you talking about? And now it's finally happening. It's like, your life is on that fucking phone. 
Your life. But you choose to put your life on that phone. I mean, there's a lot of things on that phone, but, you know, if you want, you can do whatever you want, man. You don't have to jump along. You could be that guy that lives up in fucking Big Bear. You got a cabin somewhere, and you, you chop your own wood, and you got a water well that you oh. get all your water. I mean, you, could, you could be that guy if you really wanted to. You just have to move towards that. You got to jump along, dude. Jump along? You got to. You said you don't have to jump along. You, you got to jump along. Do you want to watch? Look at the watch. No, this thing, this thing fucking Can't retarded. Take it? Now I, that, even, I think it's stupid. I think it's if it catches on like the iPhone did, everyone has it, it's going to make so much more sense because being able to just go like like to your wrist, be like, give me directions, you know, mm. talk to your wrist. Or or there's also this interesting uh, technology in it where that's, uh, if you have a phone on, Joe, or if you have a wrist on and you're in my contacts, I can send you private messages just to your, your like, hey, check out the chick going through the door right now. You, or or, or uh, send you like a quick drawing of something. You, you yeah. had to, only you would have to use it for creeping on people. Uh-huh. It won't be suspicious at all as you're staring at your watch and your lips are moving. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Check out the girls works with like a winder thing like it doesn't have a touch screen the winder thing is how they use it that little thing is a handle yeah the the knob on the side is uh it's gonna be interesting though because it seems like that's you know could cause also problems if you hit it and and it's you know sends a phone call or something yeah starts fucking looking for directions to the moon directions on your wrist that are tiny it does it just doesn't seem convenient to me now that seems goofy but it's, uh, it's I just, like the um, the heart rate monitor thing. Yeah, uh, oh, it's, it's got different bands, too? It's got three different models. There's yeah. actually mm. a gold one, which is rumored to be Sexy. maybe even over thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, have a, they have a sport edition, that, which is like a rubber, like more... Mm. Show me the diamond-encrusted one yeah, for wrappers. Is there a diamond-encrusted one for wrappers? No. Not yet. I'm going to get into that business tomorrow. Call my accountant. Yeah. Put all the money in diamonds and watches. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I just big, think big, it's, big. it's just kind of pointless. Like I love how they use an English guy to sell it. You know why? Because you can't use a guy from New York. Gold. Check out this gold edition. Metallurgists have developed to be up to twice as hard as standard gold. They developed to be up to twice as hard as uh, standard gold. You can't have Over that. There. Nobody would trust him. Yeah, you, you have see, to have some uh, guy from another land. Well, maybe they're different in this other land called England. I want to hear one of them sell this product. It sounds much more respectable. I see that knob breaking a lot. That's the next broken iPhone. Is you think this so? Broken knob. Stop here. working. <laughs> yeah, could be. I mean, the one thing about Apple is they're pretty good about testing shit pretty rigorously before they release it. I guess the biggest problem is seven. But the biggest problem is is that the battery they're not happy with. Because right now, supposedly, it's rumored the battery lasts about a day. And they want Ugh. it, you know, days. Right. And when they say a day, does that mean a day with you using it? Right. Or a day with a regular normal person who has a job using it? Yeah, yeah. no. And they say a day on the iPhones, too. And it's nowhere Never. fucking near it. I'm going to make the best point that anybody it's impossible. has made about this. Okay. Right now on this show. Okay. Here's why that's a dumb idea. The new iPhone has a significantly bigger screen for a fucking reason. This is a completely tiny, completely inconvenient screen. Who the fuck wants that? Everybody wants a device that's easier to use. And I don't see how this is. This is like when they did the iPod Nano and they tried to put it all on the screen and it was too fucking small. I'll tell you why. This is as easy as it is. You have your phone in your pocket. You're talking to somebody. You have a little vibrate on your hand. You look down. uh, Joe's calling me. 
Oh. No, you, or is it vibrating in your pocket? No, no. Or does it vibrate in your hands too? A, it's got a, it has a, you could turn it on both if you want. But what has if a, a girl's li- giving you a hand job and you feel your dick vibrate and then she starts looking at her wrist and she wants to stop? <laughs> That'll be annoying. You turn Somebody off. else is texting her, cock blocking you. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Nobody <laughs> thinks ahead. <laughs> I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> we got a ton. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, we got five minutes. Oh, okay. Joe DeRosa, this was fun. We what was this, time. about six, seven hours? Three hours. We did three hours. Was it a full three? Yeah. It was th- this, yeah. I had a great time. It was fun, man. I felt like it was all different types of things were happening today. Yeah, I hope we alleviated any anxiety that might have come up. Oh, that's me, dude. That's all me. That's but not I you. We, I hope, no, I hope no, it I'm didn't gonna... ex- escalate it. Every social interaction for me is Vietnam. I'm taking this home <laughs> with me. This is going to be an all-night thing. Don't worry about it. Do, do a set tonight. Are you uh, working while you're in town? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, everybody's being very nice to me. Okay, uh, cool. What you know, the, the, the Death Squad guys have welcomed me with open arms, which Excellent. I'm very appreciative for. Thank you, where guys. Can, uh, where can people find you this weekend? Are you in town? Uh, Are you working? Tomorrow? I don't even know. I'm just doing spots around town this weekend. But if I'm going to plug something, I really would like to plug my new album, uh, Mistakes Were Made, the B-Sides, on iTunes and Amazon, 10 bucks. When is that available? It's available now. Okay, Double-length album of rarities from the last seven years. Oh, nice. And then my podcast, which you can get on my website or on iTunes. It's called Down with Joe DeRosa. Uh, I'd love to have more people come and listen. It's I talk about one hour for... Well, one topic for an hour, usually by myself. Excellent. And uh, all that stuff, I'll retweet that right now. I'm retweeting it right now. Thanks, and, brother. And uh, uh, the the site is uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy? JoeDeRosaComedy.com. You can and find all this stuff there. That's also his Twitter, Joe DeRosa Comedy. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks, brother. That was fun, man. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. I had a blast. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to our sponsors. Shit, I don't have it in front of me right now. Hold on. Blue Apron, which is uh, a service that people they send you ingredients. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to. We just have to say the what the thing is, what they have to, where they have to go. Okay, here it is. Uh, blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. Get your first two meals for free. Go to blueapron.com forward slash Rogan. Thanks also to Dollar Shave Club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Rogan. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Rogan. And uh, last but not least, we're brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and using the code word JRE for your $110 bonus offer, which includes free digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. And last but not least, Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, a human optimization website. Use the code word Rogan, save 10% off any and all supplements. All right, I'll be back tomorrow with Tim Burnett from Solo Hunters. And uh, that's it. Much love. Big kiss. See you soon. Ice House is sold out this weekend, so you snoozed. Well, there's a Thunder Pussy you can go to. Oh, Thunder Pussy's there as well. Friday night. See ya. Big kiss.